Welcome to the Mad Ones. I'm your no. I don't want to move. I'm not going to move. And if you want me to move, you're going to have to make me move, host Cam Harless. <laughs> and with me, as always, is your got suspended from Twitter for not wanting to murder Russians hostess, Miss Jessica Green. I'm sorry. Doing, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I do want to murder Russians. She didn't mean it, Susan. She didn't yeah. mean it. No, but apparently that's okay. It's not okay not to want to. You have I don't to really want know to murder to... at least one Russian to yeah, be no, acceptable on Twitter. No refuseniks. You have no, to. That's no, what you, you have gotta to do. do. You gotta do it. You gotta you yeah. gotta burn all of your your Adidas track suits. You've gotta oh, throw away man. the vodka and you've gotta get to work, Jessica. I don't know what I'm gonna do on Saturday nights now if I can't wear track suits and drink too much vodka but okay I, I have no idea i mean that's my every day um but we have a show and i, I think it's going to be a good show don't you think so jessica I'm, I'm the jury's out we'll see we'll see uh but this show is 100 percent bought to you by the bought to you brought to you by the fans and patrons so hit like subscribe and share the show with friends we've got all sorts of topics that we've covered death nuclear science spiritual warfare cults porn Russian. abortion russians and you know it's just going to go from there it's going to keep growing into these different areas one cool thing i told you this jessica but it's not for a little bit but we act, i actually spoke to a guy who grew up in a polygamous polygamist mormon compound Neat. and got away from it and so we'll be talking to him i think in april i want to say all right um but very excited about that but also join, you know, join our Patreon. Uh, we will we put out the occasionally occasional early episode Zoom hangout, and you'll get our eternal uh, gratefulness from me mm -hmm. and Jessica. So patreon.com slash the mad ones. We have shirts as well. We are the mad ones.com slash store. So do that. Uh, but we should probably that the shilling's over. I'm done telling you what to do. I'm not your dad. So we got to move on. Uh, joining us tonight are two of our favorite returning guests. They're personal friends and friends of the show. He's a musician, a dirty leftoid, a podcast host, a father, a colonizer, a punk, and the perfect mixture of both toxic masculinity and toxic femininity. And that's both terrifying and exhilarating. She is his other half, arguably the better half, a very thoughtful and intelligent woman, a podcast host, a mother, has been colonized, and the best damn beard her husband could ask for. It's Mr. and Mrs. Lizzie and Nick Pacone. How are you guys doing? Awesome. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, as you can see, um, not to break the facade on all this like too early, but we're in different places. And um, I've just been spending too much time, I guess, around my, my friends of the left. And me, and me and Liz have split up because she can't give me an answer to the question why is she so stupid that she would date a racist? Why did she marry a racist man? <laughs> clearly, clearly, she like doesn't understand that she's being colonized. Yeah, she's and, been colonized. And, I mean, that doesn't look good for the blacks. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, you can see what he's talking about. Right anytime out the gates. Put, anytime you put the in front of a short description of people, it always sounds always worse. worse. Like you can say gays, but if you say the gays, the gays, that, suddenly or same. I'm gonna be honest. With the word Jew doesn't work. What the Italians? 
Well, yeah, um, that's because they're they're a loathsome people. <laughs> we own it, and they know it. <laughs> so what's what's fun about this episode is I when I was filling up the the month of February, I was like, I need to have Nick and Lizzie back <clears throat> because we have had mul multiple conversations, especially Nick. You've you've been on the show several times. Lizzie was on with you one time, and after those episodes we always talk for these long periods of time and the first one with you and lizzie we talked about your marriage and uh kind of interracial marriage and how that looks and how race has affected you and it was like this very interesting conversation where i was like i didn't know that i wouldn't have expected this particular thing and i'm like why weren't we freaking recording <laughs> so we're now recording it <laughs> and it's also the this is the last show of February, so last show of Black History Month, and that's the perfect time to do it, I feel like. So are y'all comfortable talking about your, your sex life? No, I'm just not that. Don't. <laughs> Please don't tempt him, okay? Because he will. <laughs> he's gotten clarify. enough of those DMs that he's just like, oh, you really want to know? <laughs> wow, no, people really no, DM I, you? Like, no, I'll just, I'll just send you video. That's fine. No, <laughs> they, they DM to say how gross it is, and his automatic response is to say, "Oh, well then." You think I that's gross? Watch this. Audibly? I learn. I learn audibly, so I just need like MP3s. Wow. Yeah, he needs he needs wave files. Oh um, my gosh. Flack if you got it. <laughs> wow. So just to clarify, they're separated into two different rooms. Because he's loud. His voice right. is powerful, <laughs> as in that, that Tenacious D song. And so we must contain it within walls. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. OK. So um, yeah, so you send people. This is legitimate, because I believe you would, Nick, knowing you. You would legitimately <laughs> send people. Videos. If someone tells me that that they think that like the idea of a black woman and a white man being like married is disgusting, my next reaction is, "Well, let me up the ante. Let's make. Let's see if I can make you throw up." Now I realize <laughs> I have to stop at that point. And go. This probably isn't going to have the thought to do what I expect want it to. So no. But if I okay. actually thought it would, I absolutely would. One hundred percent. I would send the nastiest hardcore black. I mean, <laughs> fucking porn. I can. He make. is who he is. <laughs> What am I, what am I gonna do? I I don't even do Twitter because I don't do like drama and being petty. That's that's what psychopaths. I'm gonna yeah. be honest. Twitter's even right. a bit much for me. So, so oh yeah, it, I have found that when people are like really uh, virulently anti-gay, it's usually because they have some kind of like um, homoeroticism latent within themselves. So imagine when people are sending you these messages telling you, "Oh, this is terrible and disgusting." There's a little bit of like you know, the inside there that's like, maybe their pH maybe history some... is uh, ebony and ivory. <laughs> right. Maybe. Oh, right. no, maybe... absolutely. And that's the right. thing that ultimately does stop me. It's like, oh, but the, the instinct to just like come out swinging. I was like, oh, oh, really? Just the idea of it's that right. bad. Well, let's let's fucking take it up 10 notches and see what you think of this. <laughs> right, right. But that's that's my personality, though, is let's take the 20. Take it to 20. This one goes to 11. Right. It goes to 20. It's fine. Right. You know, wow. I, you know what I just realized? I think the last time we had a conversation with both of you, it wasn't we. It was me and Kim. 
It was before oh, yeah. Jessica had come on. We did the uh, Multiverse of Madness episode. Right, right? exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, it doesn't work as well with Jessica, but people would always send me pictures of you and be like, this is you guys, you and Kim in a parallel universe. Yeah. Yeah. Before either like, of us oh. knew each other, for the record. Yeah, that was, and I was like, I don't know who this person is. What does this mean? What, oh, who they is would he? send you pictures of Nick and Lizzie. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Right? So that's you're like, hey, we've got to meet these people. We could get <laughs> into the the rocky, strange history of, of me and Cam and his friends, and like uh, the barbs that have been thrown over the years. It was. It it's was mostly Davis. <laughs> Well, it's funny because it's just like it's the groups of like good good people. I think good people and like just kind Best of people. not making the right connections at all yeah. somehow. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it doesn't help that I just like to come out and just get like real wild, real fast on the microphone <laughs> and well, say crazy like, shit for the hell of saying crazy shit. And I do some of that, too. So you, I would have thought that because to make it very simple, um, they had kim on the show and when uh david from the morning drive with david listened to it he got offended about something that you had said and, and so he had all of the right too like it was an yeah. asshole thing to say like, what did you, do you remember what you said i i think i ref, it was probably i probably referred to him as just some dumb redneck oh yeah shit. okay yeah just that was that was the afterwards yeah okay. yeah oh yeah oh i, I so forgot was, about that it was personal. It wasn't like about the troops or something like broad no, well, like no, that. It is, I think I tried to listen to his episode once and that's kind of <laughs> what it felt like to me. Now having Aww. having met and talked to David, like David's a wonderful guy. I love David. Yeah. I, he means the world to me. But well, no, and, you know, my first listen, it was, you know, yeah. me throwing well, I shade because I like throwing about shade. guns or something and you were like, I don't want to listen to a gun podcast. Yeah, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not that kind of guy. I carry a gun every day and I still don't give a shit about guns most days. So that means this conversation that I'm saying that we had and I'd like to get into is one Jessica hasn't had. Nope. So that's actually good because, you know, she can actually ask the, the same questions I probably did and we can get into it. Because, I mean, nice. I, I, you know, like I just know the things. So it's hard for me to be like, OK, so tell me about blah, blah, blah. It just doesn't really work as well coming from knowledge. So, Jessica. Do you have any questions for this very fine couple who one is a nice shade of mocha and the other is white chocolate? What, what, oh, no, no, don't ever call me white chocolate. I hate white chocolate. Well, white chocolate's <laughs> terrible. Frankly, white chocolate no. isn't chocolate. It's missing it's the not. thing that makes it chocolate. Right. The fact it's oil. Pass it By the way, it's also incredibly, incredibly like, you know, commie lefty. because White chocolate is? Yeah, because you know how they come up with that? Because chocolate, like uh, cocoa, is mined by slaves and shit. So, like, they don't like the cocoa. So, you gotta make chocolate without cocoa to be more worldly. Hmm. I don't. I don't know if I'm buying. So, that. give me <laughs> the darkest <laughs> cacao you possibly okay. can. Armies of little black kids in the Congo making me chocolate. Is that where chocolate comes from? <laughs> no, it's. In, I believe it's in Africa. But maybe you're like a vanilla ice cream, and she's hot fudge. The way to say boring, but that's okay. I'm not Aww. saying you're boring. I'm just saying I'm trying but to describe vanilla's your not skin even a tone. Flavor. Vanilla is the absence of flavor. Well, well, that's that's the problem with <laughs> vanilla, though, because it's not. It is a very good flavor. It is a flavor. But because of the way we use it, we definitely talk about it like it's plain. I've well, been desensitized by years of a, of a, a sad, sad American diet. I don't taste <laughs> vanilla anymore. It's just like 
the fuck is this ice? <laughs> give, give me something that's saltier and sweeter. Yeah. Do they have to be? Do they have to be foods? Like, can they be other things that are not food? So she's Darth Vader and he's a stormtrooper. There you go. <laughs> nice. Okay, well, that's, that's fine. Whatever. Very I sexy. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know or care enough about Star Wars. I, okay, so like I, I said, do they have to be food? And everyone just like paused. Like, what do you mean not food? <laughs> what, like, what else would you describe? How do like, we what? we How describe you... people off of deliciousness only? Right. Well, right. what's what's real great is that like out of all of the nerd shit that like I could have just keyed off of and lost my mind over. You chose like the one franchise I don't give you a shit about at all. About. No, I, I know a little bit. I just fucking hate Star Wars. It's I like, used to love not it. Sci-fi. I used to love that crap. Well, it's space opera, so I mean, yeah. it's, it's not. It's, it's never really been fantasy. sci-fi, but it is. It is it's technically space. a space opera. But it's like it, it. Disney truly ruined it for me because I loved it my whole life, and then those last three horrible movies destroyed everything for me like you i don't give a shit about you know it's it way better than star trek american star graffiti Wars? whatever <laughs> sure just oh, oh and now okay, she's taking taking shit on that star one. trek <laughs> come on man i'm, I'm gonna be star honest Trek's if you watch good? modern no not modern star trek modern star trek uh, oh it's awful i've always thought of star trek as much geekier than even Star Wars. Well, it is because Star Wars at least has like action and fights and things. And most of Star Trek, I mean, beyond the Space Cowboys first like series, um, is just like talking about philosophy and let's let's talk this out and try to come to a consensus. And you, know what the pro- and- you know what the problem is? Is that Space Cowboys, Joss Whedon did it better. Well, and I and, and what's funny is I never okay. Here's here's the the heresy. Here's the heresy. I've never made it through Firefly. Yeah. There's only I how do you not make it's only one like season? Because it's not good enough to finish, in my opinion. Oh, no, you're watching out of order. You're doing it wrong. Fired. I don't. I I've never Jesus been. I I saw Serenity Christ. first. Okay, well that's your no, mistake. That's, ruins. that's that's your mistake. You saw the end. You saw. It would the... be like watching uh Picard first, and then trying to go back and watch all of Star Trek. But I mean, like, I, yeah, I feel I like if I really liked the characters, that I would want to see the whole journey. But it was like I started watching it, and I was just—I I guess I just—I don't like Joss Whedon's writing. It's I worth watching for no, for That's one fair. line. One line. Weren't you on the losing side or the wrong side? Might have been the losing side. Still not convinced it was the wrong one. There's that a, line alone makes that so worthwhile. Yeah, there's, there's a, a lot, lot to love about Firefly for sure. I um, just don't like—I don't like Joss Whedon's dialogue. How do you not like? Is. How do you not like dude's fucking chin and like that 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 drawl he has? Okay, Nathan Fillion. Mean, Nathan not, Fillion. Not, he didn't dialogue. say that he didn't like Nathan Fillion. He said right. that he didn't I, like Joss Whedon's writing, did, which I can appreciate. So I hate yeah. I hate Sean Astin. Clearly. <laughs> oh right, right, right. But right, I did right. I did meet Nathan Fillion once, and I got bad vibes off the guy. Really? So it's so, so that one's keep that, that shit one's, to yourself. Don't ruin another saying, one for me. I'm just saying I have I, I got a little I got bad vibes off of him. So I'm not saying he's Sean Astin, who but I, I got to be careful about that with fire. Liz because I mean her and her fucking Hobbit shit. Like she might somebody, she might get up. Somebody, <laughs> oh. ru- ru- somebody ruined Timothy Oliphant for me too because I have a big Timothy Oliphant because thing. of his teeth. No, uh, I think he fills out a cowboy hat real well. Um, that's neither here nor there. 
But somebody who's met him multiple times told me that he's real dumb. And I, I mean, that might not even be true. It might be a total like rumor, just someone saying some shit about the guy, but it killed it for me. And I'm like, I mean, Ugh. he does look pretty dumb. He well, looks like interesting he's too attractive. He's probably dumb. Is Timothy, both Timothy Oliphant and um, what's his name? The guy who played uh, Boyd Crowder. Um, oh, that guy's great. Walton Goggins. Yeah. They both, for different reasons, have fake teeth. So Timothy Oliphant apparently has smaller teeth than you know because he has veneers to cover them up. But so Goggins like to, leans like into to, it. Oh, yeah. Walton yeah. Goggins is, I mean, he's a character actor, so he's not the leading man for the most part. You guys are going to bring me right back so to Christmas. so underrate, underrated. You're going to talk about what's not, not Fat Man? Fat Man. Oh, Fat man. so good. I loved it. It's good. <laughs> but I love him. so fun. I remember the first time I saw him, I think, was in Shanghai Noon. Oh. Which. A long time ago. That was a long time. Yeah, and I remember because he was the one. I can't remember his name in the movie. But he was the one who went on the first little train heist with Owen Wilson and he shot someone and ruined the whole thing. And he got Owen Wilson got real mad at him. Like eighty percent sure that was Walton Goggins. Yeah, but I've enough. loved him ever since. So it's Fat Man without a space, just Fat Man. Just Fat Man. Just Fat Man. Okay. Because if you Google Fat Man, you get a bunch get of pictures terrible of pictures. <laughs> yeah, don't oh, do sure. that. Like, horrifying. You, you, get, you get mine and Nick's uh, holiday calendar. <laughs> Oh my god! Next next like, year we'll do it. <laughs> I wonder if we could sell that in our merch. Uh, right? Say, yeah. One of a kind. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we've already digressed so, into nothingness yeah. at this point. Well, so Cam asked me out of the blue if I have any questions for you about your interracial marriage, which, like, not specifically. Doesn't sound like, like, hey, do you have any specific questions for these people about their interracial marriage? No. Like, I did not come prepared for today's well, lesson. So we, when, when we were talking about it, it was, uh, I, I forget what the, the segue was, but uh, Nick had talked about how they'd experienced racism. And so in with after they got married and how that looked and it was, in my opinion, not what I expected to hear. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so that's kind of the part of it is, you know, we live in a in a very strange culture right now, which is in some ways post-racial and then also pre-racist, like post-racist and pre-racist at the same time or middling. Like, I, I'm not sure how to even describe where we are because they're pushing the race stuff so much. Right. Um, but it is interesting because, you know, I married a white woman. So I, I, the only looks we get is dudes checking her out. Like it's not it's not like, oh, this is a weird thing to see, except for when we have all five kids out. Then then we get looks for that. Like, right. what are These you more damn quiverful people trying to take over <laughs> our country? <laughs> but so that was that I, th I think I remember th that was one of the questions was, you know, how how has it worked for you guys in this culture because i think it's even shifted since you've you've been married hasn't it yeah. uh, since we've been married it's probably not as more as important as the past two years interesting like things have gotten better or worse in the last two years different, I'll, let, I'll, let, I'll let liz answer questions so i don't so, walk all over her so I, I mean it's it's just gotten more awkward because it went from 
you know, the occasional person with the idea of like, oh, well, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be with her. We need good black women kind of, you know, comments. Right. Uh, to like straight up, um, you know, you are the worst thing in the world because you are a white person and you being with her is oppressive just on the face of it. No questions asked, doesn't matter why, doesn't matter how it happened. Um, that kind of commentary. Off the bat, that's not, I guess, what I would ex expect in my, um, like, I guess my imagination of what kind of racism you would receive, yeah, it would be Hollywood the other side. In my Hollywood created imagination, it would be <laughs> right. that people saying those things, but in reverse, that it would be, you know, because that's like, I guess, like, I have this like 1950s version of racism in my mind. And I was yeah. actually having a conversation about this the other day, how my racism is probably out of the, uh, not my racism, <laughs> but the racism that I imagine is out of date. Well, and you I think my racism that is always updated. Because yeah. Jess, like me, grew up in a world where we were taught not to give a shit about any of this. And yep. so when I was a kid, I was pissed at my parents that I wasn't black because I couldn't be in voice to men as a white person. <laughs> I wouldn't have matched. I that, too that am angry that I was not in voice to men. Continue. But we grew up in a world where it was just fucking stupid. Like, not to say that it weren't racist of our generations. I think there's always going to be people with stupid, shitty ideas. But by and large, we moved past it. Yeah. And then in our 30s, this thing fucking happened where they flipped the script on our generation entirely and said, oh, well, no, everything you think is wrong. That's why we're we're fucked again. Like, wait, wait, wait. Now we're racist because we we see people as equals and we don't think about race all the time. Okay. Like, yeah. It, well, that's what it's a like, sick fucking you, game that they, they played on us. Yeah. And it's, it's for me, you know, I grew up in Alabama, which everyone thinks of, except for Mississippi, maybe as the most racist place in America. Sure. And I did not hear anyone that I knew be racist whatsoever until I was a freaking yeah. adult. until mm -hmm. I was in my 20s. And, it, and I had to I was on a tour bus driving north. And that's when I started hearing it after I passed the Mason Dixon line. It was wild. Yeah. Well, was yeah. Wild. I grew up in upstate New York. And I'll tell you, of course, there are racists out there. I mean, I'll tell you, I've heard my family say dumb shit, but the thing that's different and they try like they, they want you to not think about is that with race, anyone who says one of the good ones is inherently not racist. Yeah. They have, they correlate in their head, skin color with a bunch of traits and it's the traits that they hate not the skin color there are genuine mm -hmm. people that just fucking hate the skin color for being the skin color you can't do shit about those people those people are mm -hmm. stupid mm -hmm. now you can break up the correlation for someone else that person can learn that person can be accepting they can, that you can get rid of that and work with it but if you don't if they, if you just hey well guess what you're just gonna support their th fears and their thoughts in your own head like they make they're going to end up being more racist by the time things are done if you don't understand what you're working with. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so, I mean, I, oh. I grew up in Texas, and uh, yeah, it wasn't until I came up to Ohio that I really experienced like the the weird racism, at least from people who weren't brown. Brown people in Texas gotcha. had all sorts of travel problems with me. Mm. Um, so tell me about that. Be, well, because. Um, you know, we were bookish kids. We were quiet. We were well behaved, and all of that you was white, white people stuff. Yes, and mm. so now 
the fact that they're making that stuff um, almost legally like white people stuff is really weird to me because it's like the entire culture is taking up the, this um, this ridicule that I heard from like schoolyard bullies as a kid. <laughs> it's just right. nonsense. One of the I do one remember. Of the things... Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say I, I remember growing up that um, the adults in my life were would fall all over themselves to say things like sort of like performative anti-racism. Yeah. And so I don't think it's new. Um, I do remember like, um, you know, like my aunts and uncles and um, my stepmother, you know, being like, well, in this house, we don't see color. And I, I do remember those kinds of things. But it it wasn't it, it was meant to train the kids because mm -hmm. they had come up in a different time. They'd come up in like the 60s mm -hmm. and 70s. Things were different then. And they didn't want. OK, so they had things a certain way. They didn't want us to be that way. And then we weren't. And we grew up with this whole different mentality. And then, as Nick said, in our 30s, somewhere along the line, the script flipped and it was like, no, you're actually exactly like they were in the 1960s. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, I mean, I, I, I like I how, how would you even combat that? Because it's not like you can say, OK, <laughs> sure, we are like this. How do we undo it? Because it's there's nothing there to undo. We don't have the mentality of people in the 60s. We don't have separate um, living spaces. We don't, you know, well, I mean, if but they're if trying to make in, it so that we do, they need safe spaces now. Right. So, yeah. yeah we, and so what I'm seeing is, is um, what's it called? Uh, there's a word for it. See, I don't even know. No, not, not specifically Jim Crow. Segregation. So yeah. segregation is being reintroduced sort mm -hmm. of like in a, in a different way. Whereas I've been trained my entire life to see segregation as a bad thing. And now I'm being told, no, 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 we need to be segregated from you because you're basically like the cartoon version of a racist that you've seen on television, but you don't know it. Right. And if like, that's really difficult to like, especially when we have like a young generation of kids who already have a lot of trouble with identity. This is being like ingrained in their identity that they're and this way. And you mentioned the key word here, the important word kids yeah. look i could give two shits what anyone thinks of me and my beautiful wife i'm more than happy to spend the rest of our life together doing whatever we can to make each other happy and ignore all the fucking morons out there and there are plenty of them on all yeah. sides of the aisle that said now i have a daughter yeah. who is yeah. doesn't belong to either of our tribes she's not mm -hmm. white she's not black and now as they're fueling up in our country bringing the hatred from one side to the other to the both sides back and forth what does my daughter do like she doesn't belong to a side like th this race war or whatever the fuck it is that they're trying to bring to the forefront like my kid has no place in that world period yeah right like no form of retreat from it like so like I'm enforced in a position where like I have to teach my daughter like all of the racist bullshit in history. Yeah. In an effort to try and like, hey, honey, you get to have the baggage of everything. <laughs> you get black baggage and white baggage. Hell, why don't we just go and like bring in some Korean people? You have Korean baggage too. Just to fucking really <laughs> yeah. maximize all the world hatred on you. I don't fucking know. Yeah, that was speaking of your daughter. And, you know, the being biracial and kind of in this middle area, I had a friend growing up uh, who was biracial, but he was like, he was raised by a very white father. Like, mm -hmm. and I don't mean bookish. I just mean like this dude uh, 
danced worse than Carlton. Like he did, <laughs> he did the Carlton dance poorly. He was that gotcha. white. Gotcha. Um, but it was so interesting to me because I saw like throughout his life, him kind of um, oscillating between the two tribes mm -hmm. because he would go in one place and he would be more accepted by black people and he'd go in the in another place and he'd be more accepted by white people and so i can definitely see how that would be frustrating and one of the things that i've heard from not specifically him but from other um typically more light-skinned black people is the issue of colorism and it's not something i've ever mm. spoken on not really my place i don't feel like but i'm curious about it is that something you've experienced, Lizzie? This kind of colorism. So yeah. How old was Irma when she first experienced colorism? Um, she was. Just, yeah, maybe maybe two you, or three. Tell oh, well, tell us we, what this is real quick. Real okay. quick, because I don't really know what it is. Can you tell okay. me what colorism yeah. is? So okay. colorism is the um, is basically discriminating against another person of color because they are darker, lighter. Oh, okay. More. Gotcha or less culturally black so you see you can take white people out of the equation and everyone's still racist kind of right yeah. right yeah well um, i mean if you if you look at other countries you can always ask oh, them absolutely. who do your people hate and it's always the people on the other side of the the border regardless of where they are they they're like we don't hate them we just think they're really stupid and are dumb like and horrible they, people they're like less, the less english, than us the english and the french still hate yeah. each other no the Irish and the English, the Scottish yeah, right. and the English, Speaking America of which, and the English, everyone actually, hates the English. I actually drink French vodka, everybody. Just throwing it out there. Is that a thing? French vodka. Go look I it up. I think the word so, is anathema. But continue. So colorism is, yeah. so like you said, my understanding has always been uh, not so much, I've, I've always heard of it used less culturally and more just pure skin tone like well, there's uh, the high yellow and yeah. red bones and like these are words i've never heard in my entire life until i was talking to, to black people and they were like oh yeah there's racist black people against other black people oh I'm yeah like, absolutely what <laughs> let me you want to hear about the day i wanted to sign up and join the proud boys y yes <laughs> sure sure yeah <laughs> so liz comes back from the park right allow me to add to this so i don't know if anyone rem remembers tamir rice uh, yeah, little the little boy kid. with the yeah. So the park that Tamir Rice was killed in is actually a park we used to play in back in the day. It was the closest like park that. to our house at the time. Yes, so yeah. Liz would bring oh, damn. him. To, yes. Yeah. Um, and so Liz comes back one day, and she's kind of like being coy about something that happened. She's like, "Well, Irma, Irma was getting pushed around and like yelled at, like by by these like slightly older black kids." And the mom was just fucking okay. watching it like nothing was happening. Like, yeah, she totally um, because she was, you know, a light skinned black girl. And, you know, she's she's pretty. She's a cute little girl. And they just kind of had they felt like that was some sort of affront to them. Well, she doesn't she talk just, street. She doesn't talk. Urban. She well, talks yes, like white people. that. So it, it and so your daughter around on the playground as a three year old or something, because oh my God they felt that she was, I don't know, something. Yeah, and enough. her mom was, yeah, not black enough. And her mom was liter literally sitting there watching it. And I'm just like, I, I don't even know how to react to this. This is ridiculous. <laughs> so, Thank you God know. it's Liz. I'd have beat the shit out of the woman. Yeah. 
Like I, I would have went, went with the jail for assault watching that happen. Didn't seem constructive, so we just we just left. But yeah, that was, um, and that that's a different experience than I had. I mean, obviously, my cultural um, re- representation didn't match. I guess the color right. of my skin, so I, I experienced it to a certain extent. But it's a whole different ballpark with her because people assume because the um, the historical. <clears throat> the historical favor was towards people who were lighter skinned because mm-hmm. the paper you know, bag they could pass like better. Yeah, exactly. Right, um, right. There's still an assumption among people, especially now that people are sort of focusing so much more on that that era of black experience. Um, mm-hmm. There's just that idea that, oh, well, you're light skinned. You automatically think you're better than us. It's just so weird. Yeah, that's um pretty wild, especially since a three-year-old's like language development is like not even like fully there. So the idea that your three-year-old was speaking in a way and articulating in a way that yes, they made these people have superiority complex. This is my kid. Well, yeah, kind of said something. Right, I get you, but like a three-year-old doesn't even yeah. have like their full language skills yet. So yeah, like she's well, wait, she she's pretty impressed. Like so you have to understand. Um, I was always very expectant of my child to talk. Until mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. can talk, it's just a cat to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. So no, if no, you seriously, it was like a survival respect, mechanism. <laughs> to bring that up in therapy, like oh, thirty years down yeah. the road. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> If she wanted to interact with her dad at all, she was gonna have to. How my, how to my father, my father would dangle like toys in front of me, like laser pointer. Like <laughs> it's more of I guess. Yeah, you're over there. You can't talk. I have no. What do we have to do together? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so unless until she could pontificate on current events. Pretty today. much. Pretty much. Right. Yeah. Right. I got you. I Which, got by the you. way, I'd treat any adult that same way too. If you can't oh, yeah. talk, then yeah, what, are, what good are you? That's can, fair. There, there is one thing I wanted to say though, because I was I was just trying thinking back through some of the people that I've known, not super well, but like online, who have been in interracial relationships, and what I've noticed is that when it's, and and this is not all of them. Absolutely, I'm not painting with a broad brush here i'm saying these people that i know when it's a white woman with a black man Mm -hmm. there tends to be a lot more performative um victimhood have you noticed that because i i know that i knew four or five different people who would go on facebook and tell all of these stories about how people looked at them and they knew that they were they were being racist against them because they were together and their husband was black have you is that something you've do you know a lot of people it, in that kind well, of situation that maybe can I can I frame this a little bit too, uh, just to make it a little broader? Um, is there a difference when the uh, male to female role is flipped? Are the, I'm are, just saying I don't res- like white women. I got you. Yeah, that makes sense. That's fair. I mean, I don't know. I don't know why you would. <laughs> when you see what what, what uh, the, the black girl's packing in the back, man. I don't know. Right. So, oh, like when it's when when the uh, sex dynamics are flipped and the male is black and the female is white, is this received differently by people? I mean, historically, it it was a thing, and I think because um, the the white experience, the white women 
now are trying to politically like separate themselves from the white people yeah okay where the bad white people i think it becomes okay. uh, a thing to kind of help them to take on those victim points yeah. that mm. you know they don't they don't feel like they can they can get otherwise i don't know how about yeah. how about we focus uh, let me explain it this way what it probably seems more apt to me is that when you look at who the cameras pay attention to mm -hmm. um I have absolutely had black men screaming at me and Liz walking from across the street. Yo, homie, give her back. Mm. Wow. And I think that there is a sense from people that give a shit about things like this that the opposite is trying to steal the women away from the culture. Right. Like, I, put it this way. There's, not like, there's only so many good-looking women, and if you're taken out of that pool, you're making it smaller for the people that give a shit about that kind of thing. Yeah. Now, right there tend to be more white men that you're going to hear from mm. that say that. So hmm. now when you flip the script to the other direction, what side are you going to hear from? You're going to hear from the white the women. women. Yeah. So they're yeah. going to be the ones that you're hearing that story from. It's not going to be the black man is talking about that because he didn't steal shit. It's, it's the people who are accusing the other side of stealing essentially. Yeah. Right. yeah and what I mean is th these people that I knew, um, and there were, like I said, there were a couple of them. They'd always, it, it was always one of those stories you read that reads like it's fiction, like it's a yarn rather than a real story, if that makes sense. And it was, everything was always really made to be bigger. And it's like, there's just no way some of these things you're saying happened. And so that's what I'm, what I'm talking That's why I said performative, because these are very specific people that I'm talking about who are like, Hey, give me my victim points because white man looked at me in the grocery store and I could tell that he was he that he didn't do this little gesture or that because he he's racist and I'm just like have y'all had have y'all noticed that in particular I know you've been in a different frame and you've yeah. received it from people in one way which I'd like to like Nick gave a great example of that I'd, I'm curious about how that looks but <laughs> Like, have you have like I, a dude yelling I, across I, the street? Give her back. How that looks yeah, that's like is wild. yeah, I got a sweet piece of ass, bro. <laughs> I don't care if you want her back or not, it's mine. Well, but have, yeah, you gotten, been, have you gotten a lot of that? And, and uh, does it look different when they do it? Do stuff to specifically to you? Um, I mean, I've heard people, you know, say the whole, "Well, have you even tried a black man?" That sort of thing. Ah, uh, um, before like, look, I've tried. Just, She's not. You into just it. must be uninformed. <laughs> And that's, that's the thing that really bothers me the most. It's like, oh, you assume it's ignorance or um, some sort of internalized racism or like a lack of whatever, self-respect or something that you couldn't possibly make this choice for yourself given, you know, your available examples, options and, right. and say like, this is what I want. And that's just so, I mean, that in itself is so insulting. <laughs> and yeah, I, don't, I don't really sure. care who it's coming from. Well, like like Bill Burr, was it last year, when he had a big thing because people were giving him shit about him and his wife. And he said the thing that, like, I, I because it's something only that I've experienced a lot on the internet. And by God, if any of these people ever met me in real life and tried to say this shit, whoo, be a fun, that'd be a fun a fun trip to the ER for him. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> no. Um, but the joke that I was making about my leftist friends 
you know, wearing off of me. And I've decided that my wife is stupid because she married a racist man. That's the, the, incl- the, the what you get from a lot of the people of the left is that mm-hmm. she has internalized her racism and it's too fucking stupid, apparently, to realize what's good for her and married a white man who's just colonizing her. Right. Like the idea that I've colonized <clears throat> my wife and that the way that we act out our racism now as white people is just by going and taking their black, taking the black women and making them our property. Yeah. And as if, the, the agency that that fucking takes right. from the woman. Right. Is, right. I mean, woke level negative 4,000, just holy shit. You're a horrible human being. If you ever say that to anyone, just, just outright. And, and it if you faces, my face, I will beat the hell out of you in a way that you've never imagined the fat guy could beat up somebody before. If, if you have a low center of gravity, I'm sure you could do a lot, <laughs> a, a lot of damage. Yeah. Cause once the ball starts rolling, it don't stop. Exactly. Um, but it bases the entire idea that we're choosing our partners with the baseline of race as the beginning, having mm-hmm. nothing to do with like their personalities or like our individual characteristics who we might like. I mean, like, uh, I'm with my husband because he makes me laugh, you know, like regardless of the frame, you know, if, if someone made me laugh as hard as my husband does, that's like my, so comedy is my baseline, which I don't know if that's like what everybody should base their relationships on, but it like the idea that you know he is only my husband because of the lack of melanin or the quality of the melanin in his skin is very insulting it takes away all of my agency as a as a human being mm-hmm. period how how say. many how many white women have yelled at you lizzie give him back well no and that's the thing it's, it's just <laughs> let's, like, be, let's be honest guys we all know that ain't happening <laughs> Because your jeans are not ripped enough. We well, discussed no, no. this before we when started recording. On stage, I have legit have ladies been like, oh, girl. I'm just like, yeah, I know. Shut your face. I know. That's why I snatched him up. <laughs> because I think that women, I mean, I don't, I don't want to speak for Liz here. You can correct me if I'm wrong. But I think I might be onto something here. Laughter is so much more important. Like how a guy makes you laugh how laughing is the next best thing to coming i'm sorry i'll just say it <laughs> like if you can make me laugh i know you can make me come so you know i'm just throwing See, that out there i think that if like i were to like i love my wife in a very very ridiculous and deep way and i think if i would ever describe why i think we're married it would be the most banal boring sounding thing in the fucking world <laughs> yeah and i think for for us it's like we met people, we met each other at the right point in our lives and yeah. our goals aligned. And we were just looking for a teammate to help us do the shit that we wanted to do and accomplish in life. And that was it. Like That's really sure. important. And then staying married when your goals continue to change together I mean, in the same way. Her having really a sweet ass too. and me looking like a hobbit might factor in there a little bit in the aesthetic <laughs> categories. But, but Buddy, we're dwarves. <laughs> I mean, whatever. I was more hobbity when we was met. More yes, I'm more dwarvish back now. Back <laughs> um, but no, it's funny because I was I was thinking about this. Like, how do you even how how would I even approach this story? And like, I, when I got to the point where he and I met, like, I realized like there was genuine affection and like um like a camaraderie that we had like immediately. 
And I didn't even know how to trust it at the time because it just seemed so like unbelievable. Like how was I, I was in a relationship before him for 10 years and we had, uh, didn't have affection. We had like, okay, we're in this relationship. So I guess we had enough camaraderie to keep, stay together, but didn't have the affection. I was in a relationship after that. We had the affection. There was no camaraderie. He was like, as soon as I find a chick with bigger boobs, I'm leaving. Um, oh, and, and, and then I met Nick and it was immediately just like there. Hey, babe, like, let's go build a hobbit hole and fucking be cool, weird, artsy people. Yeah. And I'm just like, how is how is this possible? <laughs> like, <laughs> like you just immediately he, he's he's just I know he's going to be there. How does that work? Um, it was it was miraculous. And I, I didn't believe it. But I mean, the time is kind of told. It's miraculous in this day and age, especially with the way that like um, promiscuity is celebrated, that people do find each other, they fall in love and they and that they stay together. When you layer those things together, it is it's miraculous. It's a it's nothing short of that because it's not the most common story. Now, well, the most common story is you your goals don't align, you fall out of love and people get divorced. Well, for and for me like I, I and one thing i'll tell anyone is like i always hear people talk about so-and-so cheated on so-and-so and it's like well you have an expectation of i guess something nobody ever talks about what the fuck cheating is in a relationship mm -hmm. um because everyone's got a different line in which that is yeah. mm -hmm. i mean frankly depending on the situation like i'm not gonna i will be the first to tell you i'm not the most attractive man my wife's ever gonna have a shot at and if, you know, fucking Sean Astin shows up and says, like, hey, babe, <laughs> and she wow. wants to go have a night with Sean Astin, I'm Whoa. not going to stop that. Whatever. Take some pictures. It'll be cool. We'll wait, make some money on wait. it. Wait. Just to be clear, is Sean Astin your, like, one celebrity? No. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. Right. No. <laughs> I, that would be really weird. At one point, Wouldn't it? He was not on it. <laughs> okay. All right. Cool. My, right. my point is that, like, you know, having frank and honest discussions about your what your expectations are of the other human being, yeah, are way more important than probably like half the shit that people focus on. Like, I, I hear people talking about like, well, we have such a good time together. Okay, well, there's going to come a point in time in your life where jobs and the kids, and you're not going to have fun together, no, because you're not yeah. going to see fucking each other. Is what you have going to sustain you through that like well we haven't had fun in years yes yes it's maybe it's time to move on because we don't have that relationship yet i don't know like i have fun with my wife and i enjoy being around my wife but that's not the thing that keeps me there for sure right it's right. it's the strength of more than any probably the strength of trust and like understanding that this person's here for me mm -hmm. yeah well, and it's, when, when you when you talk about expectations i think that that's really important and i think that it's interesting to me, because regardless of what your expectations are, if you want a successful marriage, you have to b somewhat bow to the expectations of the other. So like if you're Absolutely. if my wife says for for me, you looking at pornography is a form of cheating, mm -hmm. then I have to take that into account. Mm -hmm. I can't just be like, well, no, it's not that stupid, because regardless of what the the reasoning is for it, that's that's in her emotionally that's where she is and i have to respect that and my line is i just better get video of whatever happens <laughs> <laughs> wow 
Because you need to send it to the haters. <laughs> That's whatever. <laughs> Look, I better get some enjoyment. If she's getting fucked, I at least want to get a little enjoyment out of it, I guess. Right. Maybe that's, that's where my line is. Yeah. I'm going to rub one out in the corner, whatever. Right. It's not like I see her all that often anyways. <laughs> so many great ideas being thrown around. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you're not like a alpha male personality who pretends that he doesn't have any doesn't like that sort of That's thing. The and then thing does about it. That. I would have fucking owned it. Yeah. Yeah. Like getting, uh, like getting a fucking big old thing up my ass. Who gives a shit? Yep. Like, why does that make you any less of a man? I really don't get, don't, don't think it does. Don't give a shit. So you're not quote unquote heterosexual. What the fuck's that worth anymore? Yeah. But it's just I like the bigger marketing audience. of it. What the hell? I think it does when you market yourself as being like the ultimate, um, straight man and you have some homophobia in your rhetoric and uh, then it turn you turn around and it's like oh you did porn with guys mm, kind of throws a wrench in your whole image there but that's and that's my point lying was lying is the big fucker dude yeah i think you had a much bigger thing if he was teaching you how to be a chad while being in the fucking right. dude why not seems so like I a have bigger market I, I have recently read the Iliad and gotten like super involved in the, the story of Achilles and Achilles had a partner named Patroclus. Patroclus and him were not just like best friends, right? Cause it's ancient Greece. Yeah. And a lot of people like the 2004 film, Troy where Brad Pitt played uh, Achilles, they sort of artlessly explained that Patroclus was his younger cousin which is, oh, wow. you know, completely sort of like erasure of the fact that Achilles and Patroclus were lovers, as opposed to the idea that Achilles is such a man that fucking women just wouldn't do it for him. Like, you know what well, I'm saying? So like, I've, always I've always explained this. When you look back at 70s rockers, everyone's like, oh, dude, all those guys were gay. Mick Jagger and David Bowie. And I'm like, no, 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 you misunderstand. They'd fucked every woman on earth. There was no conquest left but fucking men and animals. So like, <laughs> that man gets it. This guy gets it. No, I'm like, saying like you're such a man at some point. It's like women aren't even going to do it for you anymore. Like you have to like I've dominate to another man. Right. <laughs> so really. Well, and that's the thing. If you're really into the machismo side of it, there probably is certainly an element of that. Hmm. Like you're, you're going to be the fucking power top. Right, because okay, because that's all that you can get out of it anymore. Right, like that's what real conquest means. Now, granted, you're talking about people that have really sad, strange, fucking sex lives. If that's what we're getting to, <laughs> by the way, but like if that's how we have to look at it, we are we are also entering this like weird place now in our society where like um, the types of sex that are acceptable are like crossing the boundary into the unacceptable. Yeah. And so it's like a free for all where it's like, oh, uh, we're like, we're, and I'm not even talking about the baseline, like homosexuality or promiscuity. Like I could, I could fathom that people can do whatever they want. Um, I, I don't know that it's good for you to be promiscuous, but so, this is the infiltration of like punk or the whole counterculture becoming the culture. Mm -hmm. So like I, I came up throughout all that, like, and the bottom line is, is you don't have a culture if the counterculture is the culture. It mm, will yeah. fall apart absolutely inevitably. Like, you need to have the foundations. And, yes, you can chip away at the pieces and, and guide it. But when your counterculture is everything, you have nothing to stand on. Like, I'm personally someone that has always 
um, been into the liminal. I like people that push boundaries. Like that's that's why the queer culture, like drag queens and all that shit's always been endlessly fucking fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. Like while couldn't classify myself as bisexual because I'm into fucking weird shit and I like to push the boundaries. I like to flirt with it. Like I like to see the opposites and people. The problem is, is that when I'm the norm, mm-hmm. we have a lot of fucking problems. Culture. Yeah. It's like, I don't know if you've ever heard, I hate talking about him, but Thaddeus Russell, he'll talk about shamanism and what those people represent in society, but you can't have everyone be a shaman. Everything would fucking go to chaos. Right. I agree. And and you sort of like found the point that I was trying to make. And it it goes beyond that though. It starts to cross the line where depravity, like real depravity starts becoming more acceptable. Mm -hmm. And I don't think there's been a month gone by in the last year, year and a half where one of the mainstream news agencies didn't try to put an article out that said, is pedophilia really that bad? Right. Like, uh, yes, yes, it is actually that bad. <laughs> like, yeah, I, 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 this, bad. Is, this is a concept I like talk about with my, my friend, uh, Buck Johnson from over at, uh, what's the, the podcast Liz? Um, that's, something? No, no, he used to be, he, Buck Johnson used to do the, uh, Dude, counter getting... counter something yeah it's over on thad's network go look it up <laughs> it's pissing me off i can't speaking, remember speaking yeah. of yeah. yeah um but me and him talk about like having seven come up in the punk rock scene with the dudes the tattoos and, like i used to be weird with my tattoos i'm not anymore and it's weird mm-hmm. yeah yeah and, and it's like that's the degradation like counterflow and counterflow so this is exactly I think that there is a certain place for societal shame that keeps a culture together. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that like shame is always a good thing or that it's not overused or abused. But I think that there is an overproliferation of like legalism laws uh, that have arisen in the place where shame used to keep order so in a society. Maybe sure. it's the whole like, it's what postmodernism in the sense that people understand it now has done. See, mm-hmm. The punk rockers, the shamans, as they you know we could call this, they they poke, and they mm-hmm. see the weaknesses in society, and society can kind of change, become more accepting, become stronger, and push back on certain cultural things, but it happens in a way in which society can deal with it. We right. we cross the Rubicon where you're just whole whole cloth taking chunks out of society, and now there's nothing to stand up on because everything right. just became the 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 outsider there is no culture anymore um the person i love listening to on this is uh what's what's the the is it jack the perfume nationalist whatever it is oh okay yeah um he's awesome if you've never listened to his his podcast or heard him anywhere else he uh he gets really really into like what the left has done to culture and Mm -hmm. it's it's super interesting listening to somebody talk about it because especially because like I said, I'm someone who's always been of the counterculture and to kind of see what it's done to culture to just follow that as like the main culture has done is ooh, rough. So w- would you, as a person uh, who identifies as counterculture, would you say that it has almost become counterculture to be more traditional now? Oh, absolutely. Trad people yeah. are fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I see one of them, I'm like, where did you come from? How did you, how did you end up like that? Because it seems to me like what is now not acceptable, what 
normal people don't want to tolerate anymore are male female marriages with mm -hmm. children and stable homes like that well, seems to be the anathema of the culture well, let's turn that back on you one of my, the reasons i've always felt like a kinship with you jesse is because you like me came from like oh, behind that wall of what the left is which is yeah. frankly the dominant culture yeah and you you've you've gone pretty trad in the past couple years yeah from from like where you came from i mean mm -hmm. what is that quite what is that same question face back to you look like yeah it i mean so i came through this road because of a snowstorm <laughs> i know that sounds weird but i got caught i got trapped in a house for five days with no food huh. and shit got real you know like um so after that i had a whole scarlet o'hara moment where i declared god is my witness i will never go hungry again and decided to move out of the sun i lived in downtown atlanta i moved out of downtown atlanta i got a house in the country i started gardening i started looking into like raising my own food chickens goats you know all that kind of stuff and so i went like to like a crunchy culture first do you got your seedling started Yes, I have broccoli, kale, and lettuces going nice. under a light right now. Yeah, because um, it's out in the greenhouse. Because it's pads. Georgia, so I get to start a little bit earlier than other people. Neener, neener, neener. Um, <laughs> oh, we're but, You never have to stop. Right. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, and so, like, I, you know, I, I got married to my long-term sweetheart. So, you know, we've been together since 2006. It's going to be nearly 20 years. It sort of just happened incidentally. With maturity mm -hmm. came a more sort of a trad style of life. Um, so it was never done on my part as the effort to be counter to the culture. As a matter of fact, that all happened sort of as an undercurrent to the way that like my life just happened to be trending and all of the sudden <laughs> I'm counterculture for it. And I'm mm -hmm. like, I'm not prepared for this because no, I used that... to hang out with drag queens in the back of bars. Uh, and that to me was the, the counterculture thing, you know, like, and now I'm raising chickens and I'm married and that's counterculture. Like that confuses me to be honest. Well, what's weird to me is I, for all intents and purposes, I am trad as hell. Like everything about my life is just traditional as hell. I but still then I've don't got... understand why Cam likes me. He's a good boy. I just, I just, I just love. Are you him. trying? Are you trying to save me, Cam? <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. We'll get there. Yeah. Got, I got. Good, I, there's, there's, good, a, there's a line. Good luck. She's been working we'll, for we'll a decade. It ain't done yet. Oh no, no. I know who's job it is to save you that's not my job <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny because um i you know but you know the outside view of me is very like i have tattoos all over my arms i have long hair i have a long beard like i don't look like i should be that mm -hmm. traditional well that's not the traditional view of jesus minus the tattoos long minus hair, well i mean if beard, you look right? into Re revelation it, it does it does talk about uh, his was it his name written on his legs? Yeah, so technically, true. he that's had tattoos. True. So wait, have you ever watched? <laughs> did you ever watch the American Dad episode of like like of the Rapture? Mm. No, it's a, it's I love a, that show. Though. It's a two part. It's a two part episode where, like, they they they, they go for the whole. Uh, what's that book series, Liz? Left behind. Oh, left yeah, behind. The left, they go left behind where, where like they're late to church and they get a crappy parking space and all the pews are taken up. So Stan convinces her to like go have a quickie in like the, the like the broom closet at the church. 
because he's all pissed off. So they do. And as they come out, everyone's gone. And then they walk out the front of the church and everyone's being lifted into the sky and they're left behind. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. So they do. And this whole thing, he like Stan ends up like trying to, this guy pops up saying he's Jesus and he's holding these giant like, you know, arena sized, you know, come meet Jesus things. And like he propositions this guy in the back of the stage. Like, Please, Jesus, take me up. The guy like basically does it. is a charlatan and he ends up blowing the guy. Meanwhile, G- what's her name? Uh, Francine actually meets Jesus at a, uh, a like a Waffle House next to the arena. <laughs> and, like, and so she becomes Jesus's girlfriend in the apocalypse. And so wow. and it's, it's just Stan yeah, yeah. ends up becoming like a, he ends up, what are you, what is this? He like, ends a up becoming, no, Snake Plissken in yeah, Jesus' army. Okay. <laughs> Against the demons. <laughs> oh, wow. It's, it's, it's hilarious. And like, because it does like the whole post-apocalyptic story gets into like all of the lore and shit. But there's like, the, there's a the great moment where like, where you know, Stan, Stan punches him, and then he turns the other cheek, so then he punches him from the other side. He's like, oh, dude, you don't do that. One, one thing, just to kind of like um, round off the counterculture topic, because this is something that I think about a lot, and because you and I do have that sort of kinship where we've moved from one side to the other, I guess. Um, I'll ask I think you- I was just left on this side more than anything. <laughs> I, I agree with that sentiment. And so I'll ask you if you've thought about this in the way that I have. Um, I, I do know by being a student of history that when a culture tends to swing too far to one side, there's usually a backswing, a counterswing where people are like, okay, enough of this. And that swing is usually hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I fear that the right sort of the, cause we're pushing very far left that the sort of like correction that comes will be an overtly right correction. So this is stuff that I've talked about in like the school sucks group a lot is that there's a part of me that wants to like side with, because the the right is losing right now. I want to kind of, I want to side with them and there's a temptation for me, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. then there's the part of me that remembers the God hates fag shit. Yep. Mm-hmm from back in the day it's like, like yeah but, but we're not we're we're not the uh we're not on the same team either necessarily right. are we so i'm just kind of alone like i don't got a team over here guys uh y'all yeah. need to just fucking stop being crazy come back to center where i can just be a little weird because <laughs> i don't want things to go full-on you know yeah. uh and what are they called like trad traditional family values by law you know i i i like there to be all these different types. Well, like of I said, people. I feel very strongly that like you need to have that in the society because that's how societies grow and change and become mm-hmm. better. I believe that. But if the society collapses, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, then you're back to square one, and it's taken. It's it's like the old thing, like you don't tear down a fence until you understand why that fence was there in the first place. Right, right. We've torn down all the fences, <laughs> like in our culture. It's like, well, it's probably not a great idea. Like, like when well, you I'll, start. When you start having like a um, self-sustaining lifestyle where you're actually like having to put the work in as far as like making your own food, you realize yeah. extremely quickly why gender roles developed the way that they did. Oh, Because absolutely. my husband has physical strength that I don't have. I need him to do things that I can't do without like expensive modern equipment. 
So I like I, I do recognize like the value of that kind of like thinking of like traditional types of gender roles. But at the same time, like I don't want it to go so far that like we are actually experiencing like that the couples that are non-traditional, such as yourselves, such as gay people, are going to be um, aggressed upon. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a, a distinct possibility. If we push as far to the right as we are seeing the left push to the left right now, that's a distinct possibility. It's something I like keeps me up thinking about it. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I, if I see if I see hate coming, it's coming from the left. Certainly, right now, right now. I really don't see. At least in the race sense, I certainly don't see the right going there because okay. it, really well, look at most look of at the, the right conservatives is, just want to be left the fuck alone. Is what most of us mm -hmm. want, yeah. and it's gonna be real hard to give a shit when we're living on our farm raising our chickens and growing our food. Like, sure, that's so that's our parents, Gen X, and like our generation because you guys are probably older millennials, right? I would figure. Yeah, I think you're like a year right. older than me or something like that. Okay, fair. So yeah. you guys are you know in that same. Okay, so you're you're older millennials, basically. Yes. So that's our generation. The people from the, the directly after that on, who are now you know in their twenties, they're going to be ha having families. They're going to be raising them. That new generation of children that they're raising them, they're being raised with distinctly racist ideologies. So mm -hmm. as we get older, that group of people grows. The people who believe that the races should be separate separated is actually going to grow. And so I, I think this is something that we're not counting on because right now the dominant culture amongst most of the people who are in the prime of their lives is that we don't care about race. We just want to be left alone for the most part, like e left or right. I think most people agree with that, but that is not the ideology of the younger generation. It's literally like you, if you're white, you're Satan. Um, the races should be separated. You know, all of the like sort of horror things that mm -hmm. we were taught were like this this vestige of the past, some black and white video of like the civil rights era is actually like being ingrained in children now. And I don't think that people realize like this is what's being taught to them by their teachers. Uh, see, here's the thing. I think it's number one, the, it, it hasn't worked. In, in a sense it has in the short term, but like one of the things the pandemic did is it became way too obvious what the fuck they were doing in schools. You get a lot of people, yeah, 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 no, we're putting the kibosh on this. And another place you can see it is, have you watched any of the shit being said about the new Lord of the Rings movie? No, I found out it existed yesterday. Okay. So. <laughs> well, the important thing is, is that like before they ever released the thing, they already had the articles written for Vanity Fair about mm -hmm. how the racist trolls were. And here's the beauty of it. Everybody, white, black, brown, didn't matter. It's like, that's fucking bullshit. This has nothing to do with race. Y'all are just fucking destroying Tolkien. Yeah. Yeah. So you can all be united in hating the new Lord of the Rings series. Well, but yeah. the thing is, is, is it's, it's a litmus for something else. Yeah. It's a litmus for the fact that <laughs> we all see that it's stupid. Mm -hmm. Like, you, our, mm -hmm. our entire generation... Which before those millennials or, or before those Gen Zers are adults, they're going to have to deal with us and, yeah. and fewer and fewer of the fucking crazies. And most of us think it's stupid. The problem is, is that the few people with microphones right now or for, have had microphones historically, they're nuts. Mm -hmm. But it's becoming less and less tolerable because it becomes less and less doable. Mm. Like you, well, it's... It's Gen Zers, but it's also that like um, aged hippie 
sect too. Like the graying hippies that like probably were around the hate Ashbury in the sixties and seventies. They're perpetuating a lot of this too. Like specifically racist rhetoric. Mm-hmm. Boomers. Boom. Yeah, I mean, but there's a specific set of boomers too. Yeah, but like my their generation, our the generation that's coming up under us is smaller than our generation. Is we're smaller than the generation before us. Yeah. When those hippies True die that. out, we're a bigger gen. Like we're we're going to be the dominant generation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, more importantly, you have Hispanic cultures are the dominant ones coming in, and that's a very different culture as well. That's an interesting. I you know that's an like, interesting. As much point as the I, left mm-hmm. left thinks they're winning. That's only because of the way that politics are specifically directed in our country. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I agree that if the Republicans would actually pay attention to the Hispanic vote, they'd fucking own it entirely. Yeah. Because yeah. they're all fucking Catholics. Yeah, that's that, this is a point I made yesterday to a friend, actually, is like how conservative a lot of Latino people are. Like, mm-hmm. they're not for abortion. They're not for all of this gender stuff. Like, but they're a lot told of- when they come in by the left that Republicans hate you. Right, right. And the Republicans don't do anything to counteract that message. Right, right. Which, you know, might be part of how the whole system is designed to work, but. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and that's what the the black culture was, too. You have to be a a Democrat if you're black because, you know, slavery, historic history. Otherwise, you're an Uncle Tom. Right. And it's it's funny because um, I started looking into my own cult, my own black history um mm. this month because usually i would just be like oh my gosh this thing again where i'm gonna have to write watch roots again and i'm gonna people want me to be pissed off great i watch mm-hmm. pootie tang instead um <laughs> but if you if you look into like the actual history of in oh, oh, okay i'll speak for my individual family if i look into the history of my individual family after the the racism after the slavery and yes, were there Jim Crow laws? Were there pockets of like racism in there? Yes, absolutely. But they had land. They they grew crops. You know, they had musical people in my family. There there was a legacy of strong, healthy, large families. You know, that were growing their own food, that had made a name for themselves, a good name of being you know people who could uh, garden well or play an instrument well or whatever. And we're missing out on all of that because we have to focus on, well, you know, the racism. And where was my family when all this was going on, when all the racism in America was going on, Liz? I probably on a boat somewhere. Fucking Italy, nowhere near this shit. Yeah. So interestingly, my family didn't arrive in the United States until like the 1940s. Um, Mm -hmm. They were from- so yeah, the, like the French were here in the twenties, very few of them, and then everybody else was when the Irish and Italians came over. And mm-hmm. I'm Irish and Italian, and it's, yeah. so it's like I I have this um, argument with people who I I am not going to argue with these people anymore. I made a vow to myself that there are like uh, reparations arguments that go on on Twitter well, all yeah. the time. Yeah, and it's like, hey, you know, like my grandparents didn't even come here until the 1950s. Like, I don't know that like I'm necessarily responsible for systematic racism. Like, it's mm-hmm. not something I'm certainly like willing Here's to. Here's what you say, Jessica. You You're right. I'm racist. Into, you know? I'm racist. What did you win? Cool. Right, right. So yeah. I, I do. I don't sort care. Of admire, I admire that there are some people who have realized that this is a cudgel. That the term 
racism is being thrown around on people who you know aren't racist, but you mm. know that people will bend over backwards to avoid being called racist. Right. Well, so, so, so what's funny? Who uses racism anymore? Racist anymore? There's. It's not even the left. Left doesn't even use racist anymore. They gave up on it. Now the, the the media class hasn't caught up with that yet, so you still have mm -hmm. people writing articles calling you racist, but mm -hmm. nobody who's just a normal person says racist because it's they they devalued it. You know, yeah. you'll, you, that's yeah. why they've had to move to terrorists. We're all terrorists yeah. now, or we're all right wing extremists, right? Right. Because racist doesn't work anymore. They mm -hmm. fucked it over. Yeah. That's why every time somebody disagrees with me on Twitter, they tag the FBI. And I'm like, <laughs> what's the FBI gonna do for you, right? Like, why? <laughs> <laughs> they know I'm a housewife. Like I like they, they can't really do anything for me. I always, here. I always uh, laugh. Um, if you watch uh, a scanner darkly in, in the yeah, uh, commentary, oh. in the commentary, they actually talk to what's his name's daughter. Okay. And and they ask her, you know, about her dad. One of the thing, one of the things she comes up with is, is like, so my dad petitioned for forty years for the FBI to send them everything they had on him. Like for through FOIA requests, like I, I yeah. want everything you have on me, and so like after forty years of doing this, eventually they just they sent him an envelope, a big a big thick packet of every letter he ever wrote to the FBI asking for like all the FOIA requests. <laughs> <laughs> That's all that's in there. I mean. Yeah, so I, I think a lot of times people give more credit to these government agencies than they actually deserve, and they make them seem like they're these all-powerful, like, world-controlling entities, and that's how they want you to think of them. Oh, but sure. they're largely staffed by incompetent people, so... Well, they, they don't seeing, but they're not all parsing. Yeah. Right, right. Like, they collect everything, but eh, it takes a lot of work to go through all that, so right. you got to make it really worthwhile for them. Right. And oftentimes they're the ones encouraged, like the big crimes that happen are funded and encouraged by them. Like you can follow the money trail. And a lot of times they find some wingnut out there who they think they can like pressure into doing some kind of crime. They give him the money, the motive, the opportunity for what he would have never otherwise really uh, been involved in. You mean some autistic or mentally handicapped person? Yeah. The Down syndrome that they just convinced. We're not, to do this we're too. not, we're not talking about the LP right now. Let's. Okay. <laughs> hey, look, man, they're on the verge of winning. Right. Like yep. either, either they become a libertarian organization or they're going to completely dissolve. And once again, I am okay with either of those things happening. But my favorite thing about the FBI is their Twitter account, because every year on um, the anniversary of Waco on Martin Luther King day, any of these like um, things where they try to be like, oh, we're great. Mm -hmm. Don't you love the FBI? People bring out the letter where he tried, they try to convince MLK to kill himself. They ask, where's the door on the Waco thing? Like there is no uh, quarter given to them um, by the internet. I've been to Waco. I've seen the site. The idea that those people were a danger to anyone is fucking ludicrous. Yeah. Bottom and line. And no one on the internet, um, at least like the, the public interaction that they have on Twitter, believes that or gives them any sort of quarter. I don't see a single comment on there being like, thanks, FBI. Thanks for burning 21 children to death. You're awesome. Like, they know that they're awful and that we well, hate them. It's because there's, awesome. only, there's only one class of people that can make the determination that burning 21 children alive is an acceptable loss. Well, only one class. 
the power so, elite. So the the so the the left isn't really using racist anymore, but it's also that that word itself has been downgraded. Mm -hmm. But do you, do you remember? I don't know if you've ever seen this or heard any of the songs from it. But do you remember Avenue Q? It was a Broadway oh, yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yay. And there's one song from it that yeah. and and like this is a praised show by everyone in the cultural elite. Mm -hmm. And there's a song called Everyone's a Little Bit Racist. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's amazing to me that in 2000, what, 2004, yeah. this was like something that was mentioned. Yeah, people have bad associations with people of different races and that this comes out sometimes and it doesn't necessarily mean that they're bad people. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, we don't want to have this, but there was this kind of understanding that there are different times when people say something and they may not even mean to be racist or whatever but it it's something that you you see in life mm -hmm. and now it's like you can't, i don't think that that show would do well these days no. do you yeah do you well, think they could make it you, oh, go ahead go ahead i'm sorry no 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 i was just gonna say i don't think they could make it avenue no, today. i don't think so I, I was just gonna say like and that's the thing that that gets to me the most like what is the utility of that kind of thinking like is it useful for me to think of myself as, you know, still in the slave class as just barely being, you know, up from under the boot? Or mm -hmm. or does it is it more useful to, to think of, you know, any of the other things that have been gained since then? Well, it's who it's useful to. See, here's, well, what's, real, here's what's really useful is you to feel like you can't do any better to a certain part of society. What's yep. even better is when, while you're feeling that, I feel like I have to give up everything I believe I'm capable of mm -hmm. and hold myself back. So you think you can't do it, and now I have believe that I shouldn't do it, so none of us tries anything. Right. Mm. We just stay yeah. right here subserving at the bottom. Right. Yep. It's a, like they, a, learned, a learned paralysis. Mm -hmm. Yep, and they, they uh, ply you with, with checks in the mail and right. other things because people can be controlled it's been yeah well, we're not we're not speaking to um our parents our grandparents the people who literally dealt with actual racism mm -hmm. and yeah. made a well, life for themselves with like actual life skills like growing yeah. something or building a business or something like that well a, a lot of the the racism especially the i mean it was everywhere people like to make believe that it was quarantined to the south it was everywhere. You should look at some of yeah. the reactions to things up in Chicago and in these other areas around the same time things were happening in Birmingham, Alabama. Yeah. Like this is it's it was not a unique thing, but a lot of it came from the aftermath and the rhetoric of the Civil War. Mm -hmm. A lot of that that uh, what's the word? Um, contempt. Oh, okay. Yeah, contempt <laughs> came from this a centralized authority forcing people to do something. Mm -hmm. People always push back against that, even if it's not, even if morally they're like, okay, may, this is wrong to do this. There's always going to be a pushback from some na some father figure telling you what you have to do and how you have to teach your children and how you have to do this and have to do that. I think there are probably a lot of people in those areas during the civil um, rights era who weren't particularly didn't feel strongly about it mm -hmm. outside of that 
-hmm. or some like there was this uh, the other day on Twitter, someone had posted this picture. I forget her name. Um, it was the the first black girl who went into a, a oh. white school, Dorothy yeah. something maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, and there was a picture of a white boy behind her making a goofy face. Like it's, it, yeah. Like it, it it's it may be like a kind of mocking style face, but it's like a kid making a goofy face, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And these people, these 20 something year old people in 2022 mm -hmm. started trying to find out what this Ooh, boy's this name was. Oh and they didn't stop there. They didn't go, hey, I'm. we're just gonna find out who he is or find his Facebook or his whatever. Cause he's, it, this was 70 years ago, you know, mm -hmm. like this was decades ago. So what they did is they found him, found his either great or regular grandson connected him to his wife, not related to the man. Mm -hmm. And then started going on her TikTok and flooding her comments about what's up with your racist grandpa. Wow. Trying to cancel someone who was 70 years removed from a kid making a face in a picture and was just married into a married to a guy who, and she was making like, I think she had uh, a, on her Facebook photo or whatever. It said something like oh, I'm against the mandates. And mm -hmm. they were like, so obviously she's racist. Right. 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 What? There's, there's a, I think, I, I think that there's just a sense of power to be gained when mm -hmm. you can like, so I, I, there are pictures of people who were lynched, right? Photographs of all of the, like a person being lynched and then the people all around them. Yeah. Um, all of the people in those pictures are like smiling and it's kind of like a shocking thing. Like there's a person hanging, like why are you all smiling? Mm -hmm. But it has more to do with group mentality and how when you all feel like you're doing something right together, even if it's horrible, you right. feed off of each other's energy and it's like we have conquered the evil and so even though what's going on in in a lynching photo is obviously like you've killed a man a man who's yeah. probably not done anything wrong there's still that group mentality of we've gotten together and we've defeated evil that mm -hmm. that mentality mm -hmm. that very i think of that when i see internet mobs because yeah. they're doing the same thing they're all getting together and feeding off of each other's energy of not only am i destroying the evil we're destroying the evil together and so it's not even that this person is evil that they've ever done anything wrong that there's anything to actually like hate them for it's that we're, we've fed off of a group dynamic where well, we're all the good guy together which is yeah. even you know it reminds me of that that quote from men in black you know the that very brilliant and beautiful movie men in black where uh j and k are sitting on the the bench and uh Jay, Will Smith's character, says something about, uh, well, the people can handle knowing that there are aliens. Mm -hmm. And uh, Kay's character says, a person is smart. People are dumb, panicky, dangerous animals, and you know it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's Absolutely. true. Yeah. Like, mob mentality can make someone go from a truly good person to a monster in seconds. Right. It's. Right. I mean, I, this is a more um, individual situation, but there was a guy I knew in high school. Great guy wonderful guy and uh like I, I one of my best friends at one point and this isn't this is like forced group and mob dynamics but he joined the army 
Mm-hmm. And then he came back from boot camp and from like a tour and he, he came talking about how he bought this knife and he can't wait to put it in some raghead's head. And he, he, he told me this story about how he was driving the Humvee. And uh, when you're driving a Humvee in one of those city streets, because of IEDs, potential bombs, you can't stop or slow down. And I was like, okay, I guess that makes sense. And he goes, yeah, but there was this one day these kids started running across the road and I sped up <gasps> and I was like, I, I knew you, but now you're the most distasteful person I've ever known. Well, it's because he's not that person anymore. Like the first yeah. thing the military does is strip away your person. Right. Like yeah. you are a tool mm-hmm. and they need yeah. to get you down to the bear. That's why they, the hazing shit that they do works the way it does. It's just, it's just like institutionalized mob mentality. It's this but, really horrible, guided and specific thing, and it's it like there's hmm. another level to it. David Gornowski talks about this, and it's not simply group. It's not the group dynamic alone. You have to be convinced that what you're doing is the right thing. So mm-hmm. even though on the outside and through a historical lens, you can look at something and say, "No, you are clearly doing something evil." In that moment, together, they have to believe they're doing good. People won't do evil not consciously they think they're doing it even when they do evil they think they're doing good the nazis all thought that they were doing what was right they all thought it even the ones in the concentration camps who were doing abominable things i think joseph mangle was just a horrible fucking person though maybe on the (laughs) individual but i'm talking about a group in a group dynamic like with with specifically groups but that would go without saying cam because the people at the top in any type of government are always the sociopaths that want power. It doesn't have matter read, if it's the Nazis or America. Have you read Most those people. stories about Joseph Mengele, though? Like, yeah. that takes one, a uniquely disturbed mind. You mean the 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 where he did uh, enormous benefit for world medicine for the next hundred years too? Yeah, yeah. they always do. It's well, like the cost you, worth it. Uh, or think about you, like. Operation Paperclip advancing our space program by, you know, 50 years overnight, but it was Nazi science. I just want to point out, though, uh, Quest Fanning's wonderful comment that there are no wonderful guys in high school. (laughs) It's pretty fucking accurate. (laughs) (laughs) Well, by high school standards, he was wonderful. Let's just put it that way. Even I was a pretty shitty dude in high school. Oh, you know what? I like this comment by uh, now that I'm looking at the comments by independent media where it says, um, quote, I would have stood up to Hitler. Mm-hmm. Everyone believes that if they lived in Germany in the 1930s, they would have stood up to everyone around them and not been a Nazi. And that is bullshit. Like, if how you want to have any. The past two years have proved that. Right. But how wild right. is it that people have, from the other side of the COVID stuff, have been using that to say that people who don't want the vaccine or that are the ones who won't, wouldn't have stand, stood up to Hitler? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, because it's, it's Nazis amazing become this these, like, epithet. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like, but it, I mean, it's it's even like if you look at like high profile, um, like politician journalist tweets, I've seen two or three recently where they're Let's talking about real, how real Justin Trudeau. <laughs> no, I can't talk to him anymore. Um, but but no, I'm talking like there there have been these tweets where these people are talking about how this reminds what's going on right now reminds us of the reminds me of the 1930s 
because the GOP is not are like Nazis, and mm-hmm. and it's like they're not even in power right now. Right, right. Like everything that you have, all of the media, all of everything is currently controlled by the left. Mm-hmm. Like, how are you gave- making this argument? It makes no sense. And what gave Nazis their power was that they were the dominant culture. They were the predominant. Like your neighbors were all Nazis. Your family was all Nazis. Everybody was a Nazi. If you're the kind of go along to get along person, you would have been a Nazi too. Like there's no escaping that. And we can't have any kind of like self-reflection or self-realization unless each and every one of us realizes on some level that we probably would have been a Nazi if we had been born in Germany at the right time. And, you know, uh, we all like to think of ourselves in these heroic kind of through these heroic lenses. We all would have been part of the 82nd Airborne, but that's bullshit. It it really is. Do the younger generations say this? I wonder, like the Gen Z and stuff, do they talk like this? No, they they make TikTok videos. (laughs) No, I just mean because it seems a very uniquely older generation style thing to say Mm -hmm. for some reason. You have to have read Huxley. You have to have read Orwell. Like these, the kinds of things aren't taught anymore. Right. The, I, the freedom, the ideas of freedom that were implanted in our generation as far as I don't agree with what you have to say, but I'll fight to the death to uh, protect your right to say it. That's gone. That is gone. It's interesting you should mention Huxley and Orwell. Hmm. Because I think I know what you're about to say. Well, I was just going to say, I have a wonderful podcast where I talk about all of these things. <laughs> He's doing a plug. called the Road to Hell Film Reviews Podcast. Uh, okay, but, okay. But no, uh, if you, how much do you know about Huxley? So I know that um, we, we frame Huxley as being this great warner of what will happen in society if we go the wrong way, as opposed, to, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> as opposed to the fact that Huxley thought, genuinely thought, this is the way we ought to go. Mm-hmm. Um, which is not commonly understood about Huxley. He just, his books were so great for that. If that you they... want to learn more about this, look up The Road to Hell Film Reviews, where we talk <laughs> about the science fiction you love. Was it really a warning or more of a blueprint? Right, yeah. right. I agree. Speculative I agree. fiction. Right. <laughs> right. But when you, when people, when he wrote that book and people were in that generation we're reading about soma for example which Mm -hmm. is um in brave new world whenever anyone would have any bad feelings they would take a drug to make themselves feel better there was a certain kind of like self-reliance still present within the society at the time that Mm -hmm. made that idea objectionable that no longer exists so i do think that if you gave uh, brave new world to gen z to the TikTok generation they would go this is how we should be doing things Right well, here. it is how they're doing things, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's they're getting excited to live in the metaverse and yep. take their antidepressants. Yep. How weird Where, are our children going to be? That book, be ready, that book, Ready Player One, is um, if if there's like an Orwell book or a Huxley book of our generation, Ready Player One is that book. No, that I'm, is I'm, the, I'm writing it right now. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> I think um, I made it like six pages into Ready Player One. So, but Cam, I think you're wrong. You said, how weird is this generation going to be? And I think that's fucking... How, they're going to be mean, so, our kids, normal. so our normal. Our kids as compared to the rest of them. No, well, I mean, our... You mean like our, that's what I mean, our, our kids? kids? Well, yeah, my yeah, kids yeah. already fucking weird. Just yeah, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. How weird are our kids going to be compared to 
the real, prevailing real generation. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully we uh, we teach them well how to go gray, man. Yeah. Well, what? no, and that's yeah. yeah. We always talk about like in all of those stories, there are those people who are outside of the the thing. Yeah, yeah, you you look at the, I had to get into conversation with someone today. It's like because someone was asking me. So when you look at like the 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 uh, the glo the global place, you know, the World Economic Forum and yeah, the yeah. UN, you know, what they want to do with the world. And he's like, "Well, how do you how do you talk to a normal person? Convince them it's bad." I'm like, "You can't." No, yeah. you can't. Because their their goals as they state them are unimpeachable mm -hmm. now some of us might believe those are just goals that they say they have and not be because we also understand that their methodology won't lead to those goals because it can't yeah but you can't until you can teach someone all the history behind that like that's that's why they're so fucking good at what they do because they put a position yes. where you, you can't fight them like you how do you convince someone that making the world a better place for everybody is is a bad idea because you believe that idea yourself. You yeah. just don't believe that that's the route to it. And there, that is very complicated. Well, there yeah, is it's a, like, a, there's was, a chapter in Brave New World. I'm sorry. There's a chapter in Brave New World that's specific to that, where uh, the guy from the outside and the leader, the world leader from the inside, have that exact conversation. And the world leader says to him, how can you say that it's bad for people not to suffer, for there not to be war? Like, that's unimpeachable like for there's no disease there's no aging people but they're not human either anymore but they're not yeah. human any and, and and mr savage the character who comes from the outside says but i don't want that i want sin i want death i want you know all of the things that we talk about being horrible uh blights on mankind are also things that make us like that make our lives not just this like a uh, factory setting where we produce and then the die right. right well it, it's like w when people talk about what's going on right now with covid they always lean into 1984 mm -hmm. rather than brave new world and it's it's one of those things that i think that if you're looking at it of course there there's a mixture of both Mm -hmm. kind of strategies in there but i think it's 70 percent or more brave new world mm -hmm. plying right. people with pleasure plying people with uh, drugs to make them compliant. I feel like we're far closer to Brave New World than we are in 1984. You stopped reading science fiction a long time ago. If that's where we're stopping, buddy, go watch. No, the I don't circle. think that's where we're stopping. Go watch the circle. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I'm just, I'm just saying when the the people, the older generations have this outdated view that it's 1984 and it's this mm -hmm. uh, over, over, um, over engineered fascism, and the word, the way they use the word fascism rather than a soft and comfortable fascism, mm -hmm. like what we're seeing come. But Interesting. of course there's new stuff. <laughs> yeah. So I'm looking, I'm looking at the synopsis for the circle. And this is st status and strategy collide in this social experiment and competition show where online players yeah, must I think he means the other That's circle. A different circle. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. And catfish their way movie. toward a hundred thousand dollars, though. Yeah, I, that's I didn't much that. That is trash that TV. That sounds awful. Yeah, yeah that, that sounds okay, even so, worse than the actual circle. But you want to talk about like a dystopian science oh, yeah. fiction future? Like that sounds like a synopsis for something along those lines. I mean, I mean that sounds um, like ra reality right now. Look up the look up the circle. Is it twenty seventeen movie, Liz? 
Something like that, yeah. And that's uh, even more, more horrifying. Yeah. yeah. So this, the circle, but the circle that I have pulled up right now, that is like a reality show? Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Dude, we're in so much trouble. <laughs> <laughs> but since, you, since you're a big science fiction fan, or as, uh, uh, what was the guy, who wrote, what's the guy's name who wrote The Moon is a Harsh Mistress? Um, uh, Frank Herbert, I believe? No, no, that's Dune. Um, oh, Frank, okay. Uh, what's his name? Um, Heinlein. Yeah, Robert Heinlein. Who so also Heinlein, did Stranger in a Strange Land, which is a very sexy book. It's a very yeah, it's a very okay. interesting and and odd book, really. Like uh, a lot of people well, I know haven't made it through the whole thing. It's a I sexy like, Jesus book. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh jeez. It is a sexy Jesus book. It's the only way to describe it. But since you since you love science fiction so much, or as Heinlein called it, speculative fiction, mm. or what we may call predictive programming at this point, um, what do you think I mean, there, of course, there's things in the past that are coming into fruition now. So I guess it's a double pronged question. What do you think is coming into fruition now? And what predictive programming or speculative fiction do you see they're leading us to in the future? Like, what, uh, what, where are we on on the timeline? Oh, where are we on the timeline? Timelines yeah. are tough because, I mean, they keep moving the goalposts because they keep not getting what they want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they like to do things like overplay their hand drastically. Yeah. But I mean, like, there are things that we see now. Like, you, you see how Brave New World has played out, especially with certain drugs and psychotropic drugs and things that we have today and how things work. Um, but what do you think is playing out now? Is it the circle? Oh, without question. I mean, that's... Okay. that's if, I were the, if I were the CIA and I wanted to approve a movie, that's the movie I approve. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think what, they wrote. I think they wrote part of the script too. Now, mind me, warn you, it's a terrible movie, but okay. it's like, also, holy shit. Yeah. Like, wow. Okay. How? So, w- which? So, which <coughs> stories, movies, etc. Do you think they've failed on? Because I feel like the Matrix is in there somehow. But what do you think they've? they failed on the matrix is a long long horizon yes like mm-hmm. they they haven't failed on that they just haven't got i mean yet. i mean they failed on it because they made two extra movies and destroyed it oh and yeah that, just... that, that was that was <laughs> like question. there's only I one think, matrix movie yeah i, th- I think they kind of lost their way in pushing so you confuse me because i don't even accept that those other movies exist <laughs> i, I do that mean... with highlander oh yeah <laughs> but yeah that's definitely lo- the long con but what what are you seeing now that worries you that you've seen in science fiction or speculation? See, that's the thing. Like the whole worry thing, it, it, I think it's best not to worry. And the reason I well, say that is because if you look at even like with the World Economic Forum, all these groups that where you're going to be moved in these smart cities, you're going to own nothing, and you're going to be happy. That's mm-hmm. that's the, the, what, what they're going for. In all of those stories they still have fables that everyone knows about those outside people that don't live in the cities. Mm-hmm. So demolition and, man. <laughs> but here's the thing in their little vision of the world, they envision themselves as the superior humans, mm-hmm. but I hate to break it to you in no place has a stri- a highly structured, strict society led to better anything yeah. than a free open society where creativity can run wild so the idea that they're going to become these 
techno metropolises and everyone else is going to become farmer like like just die off and like as animals is very fanciful because those people don't forget and they are the ones that have unlimited creativity like uh, the story that i'm working on right now i mean it's it's equal parts all of the you know the stories that came before if i ever actually finish this thing but the thing i want people to focus on is like i think the technology outside those domed cities is going to be a hell of a lot further along Mm -hmm. because you have you have all of those people that in general if you didn't go along with it, you probably have a greater respect for the natural world and actually are more willing to live in harmony with it mm-hmm. than all those people that want to try and grow their food in test tubes. Mm-hmm. But you also have the creativity to make new things, and you don't lose all of history and technology just because they wanted it for themselves. Right. You just build up your parallel society and you go and do it yourself, and it wouldn't take fucking long. Yeah. But what do you see on the horizon? What do you see them trying? I, I worry is probably the wrong word because I don't want you to think about what's bothering see, you. You see, that's the thing that I don't think there is a horizon. If you're looking for a horizon, you're failing. It's all already underway. It all already is in place and works. Mm. The bottom line is, what does the fucking generation do? They sit in front of their video games. They eat highly processed food. Most of the shit comes directly to them. Ultimately, what's the difference if you put them on and tell them, hey, you should probably go exercise on that bike for a couple hours a day, and then that creates fucking power to so run. So like, Black Mirror run. or Rick and Morty? Rick and Morty. Uh, <laughs> Black Mirror is a few episodes, I think, that play out. But, I mean, look at the metaverse. What's the metaverse other than a way to trap you inside the computer system more and more? Mm-hmm. Until yeah. eventually you forget that there is a world outside. And once you forget about the world outside, that's how many steps are where they stick that thing in your fucking back and then it's use your battery anyways. When you're using like the Oculus, for example, the Oculus 2, which is the mm-hmm. new... Now the, um, the hand controllers for that are still a little clunky, but they're going to make them better. It's surprising to me how quickly your mind will adjust to being in that world. So much so that when you finally, because the battery life on an Oculus 2 only is about two and a half hours, maybe, maybe, depending on what you're doing with it. So when you take that thing off, you have an adjustment period back to reality. Mm -hmm. Like, I definitely wouldn't recommend getting in your car and going to drive immediately after taking an Oculus off because your perception changes and and your mind goes very, very quickly. Your Your partner's already part of the beast. (laughs) He's already signed up. I haven't yep. used it for porn, so I'm not like <laughs> totally hooked on it. Right. Oh my. God. So no, but I will tell but how you. But do you there use? Is, how do you use the, the shells? The only thing though? to use it for is porn. By way. <laughs> no, so you can get viruses on those things. I know a friend of mine who was like, I immediately tried to use it for porn and instantaneously got a virus. So don't use it for porn. Um, but I will say that there is a National Geo program that um, puts you in a drone that's flying over trees. And it is the nearest experience I've ever had as a human being to free flying in the air. Your brain doesn't know the difference. Yeah, because mm-hmm. your brain doesn't know the difference. And like, I literally, I had to sit down because I was scared. I like, I got the fear of heights mm-hmm. while I was in it. But it was an amazing experience that, I mean, I think is awesome. So <laughs> to, to MK Almovala, by the way, uh, that's kind of why some of us like it. It's not real meat. <laughs> I wish it was rat meat. It'd be more natural. Instead, it's tofu. Ugh. 
I have been told that if you put the meat from a Taco Bell taco into boiling water, it just melts. Yeah, I'd believe that. It's not. It's 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 vegetable protein. It's not actually meat, and it hasn't been meat in years. So not a lot of people know this, but I'm in a. I have gastroparesis, which is a rare digestive illness, and I belong to a lot of groups of people who have this same problem. And um, me and all the ulcerative colitis people, Taco Bell is actually comfort food. I know a lot of people wouldn't realize this, but it's it's something that when you have digestive problems goes through you without a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. And um, people talk a lot of shit about Taco Bell, but if you have an actual digestive problem, like Taco Bell is one of the best things in the world. So I will never decry Taco Bell because sometimes it's the only thing I can eat. I know that's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like well, sometimes Taco Bell's if- my option. If I if I eat raw broccoli, I will be like put in bed for three days. Mm. Whereas Taco Bell go right through you, no problems. So That's you know, we need to get Irma then. Let's go That's get what I was just Taco thinking. Yeah, we got, a, we got just, a constipated baby right now. Yeah, I'm just like, you know, I've been now. I've been down that road, and I'm telling you, I mean, Taco Bell goes through you a lot easier than like. Well, the everybody knows food. that instinctively too. What are the jokes mm-hmm. about Taco Bell? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, Taco Bell's never done that to me. But I will tell you that if I'm having issues, I reach for milk and <laughs> some bread, and I'm like, let's let's go to town, let's destroy this hummus. <laughs> I'm telling you guys, uh, if you're if you're stopped up in that way, just as someone with a lot of experience with these issues, olive if oil? she likes hum- olive oil, hummus. Uh, What's it like? Hummus is olive oil. Yeah, it, well, it is it, but it's tahini and chickpeas as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is ground into a mash. Right. That also it goes through very easily. It's not going to have some of like the same highly processed bullshit as like the Taco Bell does. But if you're in pain and you can only eat things that go through you easily, hummus, I definitely recommend. All right. Just eat a can of corn because you won't digest <laughs> no. it anyway. Just get it through. Poor baby. I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's, it is what it is. That's rough. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Man. A corn. So, you know, so that's what's interesting about where we are, because mm-hmm. it seems like just as in the movies, there's this small amount of people that aren't fooled. And it's it, it's just interesting how this plays out, because the masses are fooled. The masses want to go back eat, to eat the f- fake steak in the Matrix. Mm-hmm. They want to follow and comply and do the things to stay within that system. But it is, it is the matrix is one the demolition man. I've said that's another where there was the parallel society, mm-hmm. but it's like, it seems that it's it plays out that way, but they, the, the matrix ended after one movie. So we don't listen to the third one that ruined the whole mythos completely. Um, but they tend to win. The little group tends to win somehow. And so, I mean, there is, there is, it's interesting that we get that fiction that seems to pr- prime see, us for stuff, but then well, there's see, a win. that's the thing. We're, the idea of winning in and of itself is a bad framing. Maybe people are just people. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be a push and pull forever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because that's what there always has been. And the thinking that it's going to be an inevitable win. Look at our forefathers. They kind of thought they had an inevitable win, a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Maybe not the founders. Because, I mean, they're the ones that said, you know, blood's going to need to be done every couple of years to keep this shit rolling. They're probably smarter in that direction than a lot of the people out there today. But 
but understanding what human beings are and that we're not perfect mm-hmm. and you know, we're, we're all searching for a better world and maybe a better world's possible. Maybe it's not. We don't know where we're going to find that, but we're all going to try. And I wonder if the framing of the winning within these stories is a way to keep us engaged in a fight that we don't actually have to be a part of. Like I said, we if can you go, separate from. Go to the World Economic Forum's website and watch their videos about what the world's going to be like in 30 years. And they'll talk about those crazy people that live out in the woods. Right. And that, you know, you don't Inshallah. want that. You don't want that kind of life. You know, mm-hmm. they don't have it as good as you have it here. They have to worry about things. You don't have to worry about anything here. But yeah, it, but it the- does. The, getting rid of the framing of winning, I think, is the important part. Because I think that so many of the people that I know that are now insufferable to talk to after all of the stuff that's happened are still within this paradigm of this is a fight we can win when the answer is exit mm-hmm. most of the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The I think, I think, exit. Yeah, answer's exit. Like collectivizing is what they want. The last yeah. thing in the world they want is tribes. Tribes takes them further from their goal of one world government. Yeah. One, <laughs> one top down solution, folks. That's the goal. Now, <laughs> technically, it's about resources, but that's neither here nor there. That's a that's a much longer, much broader conversation. Wait till the water wars start. <laughs> oh boy! What do, you, the, what do you mean the water wars? The, I'm on that, Kevin Costner's side. The, no, the idea that um, potable drinking water will become a rarity, um, harder and harder to come by. That's actually really stupid. That's what I want. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. You, want, yeah. you want to know it's a far bigger? Excuse me. You know it's a far bigger concern to you. Uh, ground soil that works. Yeah, because they're actively poisoning that. Yeah, on many levels, poisoning. We're gonna have it a soil scientist on soon. Oh, mm-hmm. cool. Yep. Your water. Guess what? It goes in the air and gets purified. Rain it comes down clean. Yeah. Even acid yeah, rain well, isn't really acid rain. Until the chemtrail bastards get a hold of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's there's always pumice. It'll clear out most things. Oh, man. So do you we not can... have your Berkey? Perky? Your Berkey. Berkey. I don't. A filter, know what water filter. Oh. <laughs> no, I mean I have um, water barrels, and they have fil- a filtration system. So okay. I don't. I don't have um like a fancy. I have a Brita. <laughs> like I don't have a. Any no, fancy I mean stuff. I, I built my own Berkey. Okay. Well, you're gonna have to tell me how to do that because I don't want to yeah. spend money on a Berkey. It's mm-hmm. thirty bucks. No, okay, no. let's let we can talk about that offline. Yeah. We'll we'll, right, we'll right, figure right. that out. Um, it, it might be we'll, forty over because of inflation in the past year. Right, the highest inflation. Uh, yeah. Well, in how let me just say this very short sentence that won't start a new conversation, but how ironic that Joe Biden suddenly has a scapegoat for all of the things going wrong in America right now and Vladimir Putin. Mm. Oh, the gas prices are up because of Putin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it Damn couldn't you be because couldn't. you 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 made some pretty major changes first day. It's all it's all the that guy who rides a bear with his shirt off in Russia. It's that guy's fault. What ironic timing! <laughs> hmm. uh, again, again, I love Twitter in this way because the CBS tried to put out an article with that very headline saying that oh yeah, there's going to be inflation because of the Ukraine crisis. No quarter is given to these people in the comments. Everyone no. knows. Like, 
Well, what's Joe Biden have like twenty one percent approval at this? But he literally has the lowest approval of any president ever, and they keep trying to yeah. pretend that that's not the case. So right here, independent media suggests that homemade Berkey's be an entire episode. I totally agree. And you know, <laughs> you know the problem with that is it takes fifteen minutes to make one. <laughs> like literally breaking <laughs> the whole thing down. And also, here's the minutes. good. Here's the cool thing. Maybe we'll do that, and you just have to keep watching and. Uh... <laughs> There'll be an episode down the line that you you can catch, and and we'll t we'll tell you how to do it. Yeah. But here's the deal: I love talking with you guys, and I could talk with you for hours. As mm -hmm. the only person who has beaten Nick Brad. in length of episode is Brad. Thank you. Every time it gets longer, mm -hmm. and it's just because it's amazing. But Nick held the record for a good while, so I know I could talk to you for another hour and a half. But Jessica has to wake up very early for some doctor's appointments yes. tomorrow. So I've my, got to start my company's CEO coming in tomorrow. <laughs> so, oh, so we'll see um, how my day goes. But I do want to ask a, a couple more questions uh, before we go. You know my normal questions. I hope you're prepared for them. But here's a twist. Since it's the love month, uh, I figured instead of me asking you what your oh. favorite thing is about me, which I, you could, I mean, that would take another hour, so I'm not doing it. <laughs> um, but Lizzie, what's your favorite thing about Nick? Oh, uh, I, love, I love Nick's mind, just the way he thinks about things and um, the way he expresses those thoughts. That is, that is what I love about him. He is the exact same person that he was the day that we met. He has not changed at all. Um, I mean, he's grown as a person, I guess. Like, he makes different decisions because he wants to do right by his family. But, like, as far as, like, who he is, he, he is the exact same person. And that is something I love about him. And conversely, the question for Nick is, what is your favorite thing about me? No, Lizzie. What's your favorite <laughs> thing about Lizzie? Uh, her heart. Uh, I often look at myself as being the necessary evil to protect her and Irma in a world that's really shitty because I feel like sometimes she's I won't say naive but her heart would get in the way of you know keeping herself alive to some of the awful things <laughs> that are out there and I am the sword that was put here to protect her so romantic <laughs> <laughs> I've got the vapors I know. It's like, oh my gosh. So, sorry for like the the the, the ultra trad religious or gender right. roles that there are there, but sorry. It's beautiful. No, it's it's a wonderful thing. Like I was, I actually kind of jokingly had that thought when you were saying it, but I'm like, but that's true. Mm -hmm. Like there are things that, like I love my wife, and she can be very tough, but she's soft. And I and that's what I love. I love I love that there's someone soft, because I I can be, but it's not my my typical mode. I I can I can. You should see me when I get mad. It's not the affable young man that you see in front of you. It's <laughs> it's a very mean looking bastard. <laughs> a man a man who is incapable of violence is a useless man. Mm. And. Bringing up your JBP. I'm just saying, you know, if, if you're not, not able wrong. to 
you know, really protect me in the world, which means you have to do violence, then you're useless to me. You're you're spineless. You're nothing. A man who can do violence but controls himself, that's a strong man. So I'd rather there be strong men than useless men. Very, very much so. But I do need you to know the next time you two come on, I'm going to ask you what your favorite thing is about me. And they need to be good. I need to I need I need tears welling in my eyes, you know. Okay. Oh, this was a point I was going to make earlier. Um, I was talking about how I look, I don't look as trad as I am, but I was called by a even more trad person the other day, a um, degenerate fetishist for having tattoos. Wow. And, and you said, no, look at that guy and sent him over to me. That's a degenerate fetishist. <laughs> but I was like, that's so cool. Thank you. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, I, would me off. I personally would own that moniker. I'm like, thank you <laughs> yes. so much. I that just love exactly what I go for. I love the mixture of degenerate and fetishist. Like, wow. Making yeah. tat. I mean, I'm sure there are people out there who are sexual about tattoos, but it's not me. I just like pretty pictures on my arms. <laughs> it's so many things. Like, like, I grew up really into the stray cats. Mm -hmm. And I thought, that dude looks cool. I want to look yeah. like that. And then started getting tattoos. That was it. I just loved Sailor Jerry's art. Uh -huh. I, I, I loved it. My whole life I, I saw, I didn't, I didn't love Ed Hardy as much because they made those horrible shirts. But like, he's a great artist as well when it comes to tattoos. And he's maligned because they put it on T-shirts and he didn't make, I don't think he made much money from it at all. I think mm -hmm. it was some other guy, but like, I just loved Sailor Jerry's art. And so when I, w when I finally had enough money to put something that was similar to Sailor Jerry's art on me, I was like, hell yeah, let's do that. I'm not masturbating in the chair. I'm just enjoying that I have art on my body after. I'm not going to lie. I really enjoy the process of getting a tattoo. I It's a love-hate relationship with me that, because that it's like sunburn feeling oh. th yeah there's some parts of it that I, I i enjoy in a kind of a weird way but it's like when you hit about this area right here it's like deathly painful mm. oh i know are you how about that? let me explain to you what uh what getting your ribs tattoos dude feels like yeah well i mean the like finger was jackhammer on your fucking like a jackhammer literally on your side when I, I got it, like I said, I got a taste of that with just the one finger tattoo, yeah. but it's so small. But it's like, that sh hmm, that's something. So I was skinny when I got my ribs done. Oof. Have you ever seen the movie, oh God, what's that movie with Adam Sandler and in Andy Samberg, where he's like the kid of Adam Sandler and he had a tattoo on his back that he was given as a child and then he grew up and it looked ridiculous. <laughs> No idea, but that's hilarious. No, but it sounds funny. Um, it's it's weird, but but and this is a this may be. It a sounds like question. a ridiculous tattoo on my stomach that I got when I was much thinner. But I, that's that's my question because I've never I've never gotten a tattoo while skinny. What happens? Do they expand weirdly? Oh, it's there's there's just no explain. <laughs> it's just a thing now. But but as I told the guy in the chair, I was like, what are you gonna do when you're like an old dude and you're fat and shit? Like, what are your grandkids gonna think? And I go. No, no, Grandpa has a sense of humor. <laughs> well, that's what I'm wondering because it's like I, I haven't done any fatty portions of me yet because I am currently losing some weight. And I don't want to get one on a fatty part and then it'd be like really weird and small. I don't know how that would work. Mm -hmm. I mean, you should get a 
Should get a dolphin. I'm going to get a great white shark here. Nice. But I did decide my next tattoo two days ago. Oh, boy. And it's going to be a slain lamb. And that sounds dark as hell. But I'll explain that to you guys. Sounds very, sounds very Christian to me. Yeah. It is. It's it's extremely Christian. Mm-hmm. But it's also, if it, it, it'll be done right and it'll look pretty badass. Nice. I'm telling you. That's my next one. Uh, but final question, the one we ask every time. Uh, what right now is giving you hope and motivation to carry on a white pill as it were to share with the audience should i go first first? i'll go first yeah um uh it's it's interactions like this like people Mm. um i've had a lot more interactions with people like via zoom and even in person lately um and they're just not into the the whole dividing people and um you know just making life difficult people are interested in creating a life that works for as many people in their lives as they can and that is really hopeful to me you know i i go to work and none of those guys are talking about the stuff you see in the media right yeah you know and that is hopeful to me because those those people still exist and i'm hoping you know i'm trying to teach my kid to be that kind of person and i'm hoping that they are too mm-hmm. so maybe the next generation's not not all bad <laughs> well so. i'm just i will say part of mine is the fact that i get to spend time with you and jessica and several other people every week talking about things that we think are very important and cutting up in the middle of it and talking about jack murphy for no reason like i mean it's just it's it's a well-balanced time we do yeah. mention jack murphy a lot for a study. So i don't know why <laughs> because it's hilarious that's it really why. is but it's i do funny i love the real reality of it like honestly like i when i was younger coming up i was like the fakest fakest uh churchianity type person and i love that you can just have a, a genuine conversation with people about you know things that are deeply important and also just be real and have you know yeah good conversation also i think that's <laughs> awesome one of the greatest and, comp oh sorry go ahead go ahead well, I was going to say one of the greatest compliments I've gotten recently is a person um, who hadn't talked to me since before my conversion to Christianity. And he said something along the lines of, well, you haven't changed at all. And I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm still the same person. Like my values haven't changed. They're, She's they're... not Kurt Cameron. Right. I didn't like uh, I, I, I see them as more fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I fulfilled my uh, initial values. And so to say that I didn't, you know, suddenly change into this different human being because of my conversion. I don't know. I took that as kind of a compliment. Thank you. Well, it's like, I shouldn't, I I don't think it's good to be disappointed in a conversion, but I will say when, um, Kirk Cameron on growing pains went from this fun, loving, fun person to watch to this super serious, like not, jokey person after he became a christian i was like this sucks mm-hmm. like you did it wrong brother Tr- come back come back to the light <laughs> he's still hilarious to watch in the proper context because wow. he got with a guy named ray comfort and they Ooh. do these 
ultra weird. Like <laughs> the way that a monkey banana. holds a banana proves <laughs> kind of like you're like, what? That's I love it. stupid. So yeah, you just have to reframe your enjoyment. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you people all proved to me that not all Christians are ridiculous. <laughs> No, I'm still pretty ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, yeah. in, the, in, in the okay, cool ways. Right, thank you. Yeah. I guess in the, so, in the non-apocalypse reducing ways. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but same question to you, Nick. What is currently bringing you hope? Well, what brings me hope is I've read a lot, understand some of the timelines, understand some of the goals of the people that would try and push our lives into a particular place. Hmm. And the fact that they've had to try and pour everything up to 11 makes me think that they're scared that it's, they're going to lose control. Yeah. And they're bringing out everything that they have. And the more they bring to the table, I think the less it works. Yeah. And so yeah, I kind of lean on that. Like I said, there's always the fact that like, no matter what they do, they they understand that there's always going to be those of us that are like, nah, I'm not having that. Right. Yeah. Well, and it's it's like there have been a couple of people on Twitter lately who I totally understand what where they're coming from, but it's kind of in the more black-pilled area, is when they're like yeah. mad that people are talking about narrative collapse. <laughs> the narrative, it is there's a lot of it that's collapsing currently, and it's nice to see but seeing it as the end all and seeing it as the win is well, a bad idea. Do you want me to completely undermine it for you and just end on the blackest pill? <laughs> I, I'm just saying, all I'm saying is when they are struggling to keep up with the narrative because it's not working as well anymore, that, that gives me a little ha happiness. Well, okay, but can, I, I kind of do want off. him to... <laughs> you got to shut the episode off, and I will tell you after the episode because I don't want to ruin a perfectly good episode with a deep, deep... <laughs> infinite black hole <laughs> plus it's always nice to leave the audience with something they can't have if you're interested in finding out what i'm going to say go listen to the rodell film review podcast okay, <laughs> awesome okay. so with that we love you both we, we yeah, love talking to you and we're gonna do we we need to do this more often about any number of things because it's well, like yeah. We got into the white black thing. We've got to do the Christian atheist thing next. Oh, right? sure. I would love to do that because I think that you are incredibly insightful about that topic. And even though you're an atheist and I'm a Christian, I think that we really like meet in the middle as far as that stuff goes. And like, I would love to have that conversation, honestly. Yeah. I just like conversations. I'll talk about anything. <laughs> awesome. So thank you both for coming on. Um, as far as where to point people to your stuff, you have uh, nickpacone.com, and it, it, you update that semi-regularly, or have you given up on that? I haven't given up on it. Uh, I have a lot of new things. In the thing. Me and Lizzie have, I think, four episodes already recorded for the next generation of Misfit Family Podcast. Awesome. Nice. So we're working on that. Uh, believe it or not, like I've been working my ass off during all this. I know a lot of people stayed home the past two years. I did not. Yeah, <laughs> so finding time to do the podcasting has been uh, doing the podcasting is the easy part. Finding the desire to edit the podcast has been the difficult part. Yep. <laughs> well, that's that's why I love that we started going live 
because mm. okay. because right. I'm not I'm not going to edit the video. You get what you get, and then that now my audio can match, so I don't have to do a lot of anything in post, and I love that. I would love to do that, but the amount of time that I'll waste editing, she's going to waste trying to get ready for the podcast the minute <laughs> I have it on video. I can't do that that often. But yeah, so if you want to listen to their podcast, it is called Misfit Family, and you have a new podcast called Road to Hell Film Reviews, correct? I think we heard something about that. Uh, That's with my friend uh, Danny McCarthy, who does the Road to Nowhere podcast. He wrote a book called Road to Nowhere. He actually is a historian focused on utopianism. Interesting. Yeah. And so me and him decided, hey, you're an expert on utopianism. I'm a bit of an expert on pop culture why don't we talk about like sci-fi movies and where that ties in with mm-hmm. utopianism because there's a lot of ties in. It is up my specific alley. I'm definitely <laughs> going to be looking into that. Are, are we, yeah. I've posted our first episode. It was on the uh, planet of the apes. Nice. Okay. Our second episode and like maybe a bonus episode. We'll see how I release that is actually both about the circle. Okay. Uh, uh, we're going to be getting together hopefully in the next week or two to talk about our third episode on uh, Midsummer. Wild movie. Followed by Strange Days. Because I, okay. I love 90s movies. <laughs> I, am, I am peaked, sir. I am peaked. <laughs> She's horny for your content. Um, <laughs> like so... that. <laughs> Just had to go I, there. I cue. <laughs> so beyond that if you want to follow nick on twitter you say you don't have one so i didn't know what to put here for you yeah no i don't i don't but if you want to follow nick on twitter which he barely uses at nikki pinecone (laughs) um and so we need to talk about um exchanging some skills for podcasts and stuff because i like making videos you like making music I'd, I'd, I'd like I'd like to mix these things together. I started. I did actually start music for your show, and then yeah, you, like, I, I, had sidetracked on. To be completely honest, I had I, you and one other person were going to work on something, and then my deadline was like the second week of January before we. If came you ever really want back. something real good with turnaround, I can tell you the guy to go to though, Nick okay. White. Okay. <laughs> um. But we, we should work together on some cool stuff because I feel like between the two of us, we can make something kind of interesting. Uh, life to the max in regards to the uh, tree in the background. Uh, yes, we have a year-round tree. Yep. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. I just have a November-December tree. Mm-hmm. He goes year-round. Mm-hmm. And we also have like f- five trees in the house yeah. during Christmas time. Something like that. Are there two behind you right now? There though? are. That's like okay. actually the office tree. I just didn't put it away. So I thought you you just sit over there with the, the Valentine's tree for, for now. <laughs> so wait, you ch- you change the trees depending on the holiday? Oh, yeah, of course. Those are like That's little hearts wonderful. that we made in our homeschool day back there. And, uh, I love it so much. Yeah. Yeah. That's no, awesome. We also have different skirts depending on the season. Okay. You, you get your, your your wintered one, then you've got like the fall one that's got the like regular leaves on it. You got the straight green one for summer. You, you got do the okay. green one with flowers on it for spring. Of course. Wow. That commitment. Life to the max says that is commitment. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta you gotta embrace the not wanting to put away the tree. 
Right? No, well, that's the worst part of it. I've got four other trees that need put away. Like, right. What? <laughs> and also just celebrate life. I mean, life yeah, is man. magical if you'll celebrate it. So. I, I can't wait till Irma discovers that not everyone has trees up all year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, and that and that's what's funny is people like give me serious crap for two months of Christmas trees, and I'm like, I'm I, I'm not giving it to you. This is this, and it it became a full two months in 2020 but before that it was like i think just before thanksgiving okay. but then i we hit 2020 we hit the covid bullshit and I, we went we're having joy sooner and yeah. so halloween ended christmas tree went up but we yeah. but cam you and i did two-fifths of a year of halloween we did that's right. Yeah. And I'm never going to gonna do it again. You're never going to bother with it again. Nope. I, like I did enjoy my horror movies when I watch them. Right? I did 113. And so I feel I felt like that was a good amount to end it with and be like, beat me. I, I ended it with what? Like 105, I think. Yeah. Something like Everything that. was all told. And the reason I ended it is because I wanted to end it with a full week of Christmas themed horror movies. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And Which I will I, <laughs> I will continue the challenge still. Um, you guys are the first two to ever complete it, and you both did it on the same year. We, we but both I do... spiked the fucking football on that yeah, shit. Yeah, we right, did. Right, right. Because most people with that, they would make it about 30. I think the longest was 58 before that. Wow. And so, I'm, yeah. I'm a horror movie guy, and I'll be the first to tell you, there were psychological ramifications to it. Yes. That's the problem. That's the problem. Is it's it is I, actually a challenge. People think I can watch one movie every day. Mm -hmm. That's easy. And like, yeah, you, you think you could do that, but there's a lot of really horrible things. Like I felt like for me there were wasn't a hell of a lot of psychological ramifications, but I did start to hate horror movies. Uh, I love horror movies and I don't want to hate them. And so enough. it was like you, you stuck to the wrong list, bro. You get to watch mine. <laughs> well maybe maybe next maybe next year or i guess this year uh we'll let nick have heavy input on the list yeah i watched a lot of weird stuff dude all wow. i knew was that i wanted to end it in a way that would make it hard for not you but other people to beat me <clears throat> and two i wanted to end it on 13 because that's yeah, sure. obviously. Sure. Yeah. I'm not because gonna that, lie, there is a part of me that feels like Cam really shouldn't have beat me on this. So I need to do it again <laughs> just to beat Cam. The problem will, is it will take a toll on our marriage. Yes, I will <laughs> never see because I was literally be listening to Kim's on earbuds every night with like a pillow over my head because I can't I can't do horror. Yeah. And it's, I'm, like, it's, I'm it's, never going to see you. Well, and until, the other thing was is that she doesn't watch course, horror so. movies. So like it's more that we just had to spend time away from each other so I could watch horror movies. Right. Yep. And I was like, I don't like doing that either. I like horror yeah. movies, but I like my wife too. Yeah. Yep. Well, we'll 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 see about this next year. But Jessica has to go to sleep. So yes. thank you so much for coming on. We I appreciate you, you very much. Thanks. We love you. And we'll, we'll we're gonna think of a reason to bring you back. I think I'm booked out till may at this point because i'm a fucking boss when i get stuff done um but yeah so we're after that we'll we'll see what we can we can do for sure because i love having you guys on y'all are both just little little shining lights of people and i appreciate it 
Okay. But <laughs> you got the Southern Baptist voice, Nick. Just like I gotta go. <laughs> but I'll, I will let you guys go so that we can read off our other nonsense. Uh, and if you want to hang out, you know, right. we'll be here after. Thank you, guys. All right, for the rest of you people, uh, we have some cool stuff coming up. Next week, we have Kat Kattenson coming on, mm-hmm. which I'm very interested in because she is a detransitioner. She was once transgender and now is not. And her very existence, like even today I pulled up, I was on TikTok and I, I saw a video where she was responding a, to a death threat that someone gave her. So this is a fascinating little t- tiny subsect of humanity that people want dead. So it's going to be an interesting conversation. I want to hear her insight. She's also a bio- biology major and study and studies science. Mm-hmm. And so it's not a an uninformed point of view as well. So I'm interested in that. Um, after that, Jessica's out for a week because she has some surgery to have done. And so Monica Perez will be joining me in her seat. And we're just going to chat, talk about, I don't know what, I'll figure it out before we get there. But after that, it's our uh, St. Patrick's Day episode. Mm-hmm. We lucked out and got an Irish for the show. And Irish. Is, we got an Irish. Uh, she is, her name is Sarah, and she is a dirt scientist. And uh, she's very interested in the um, the way dirt and humanity is intertwined and connected. And so that'll I'm be a very... so excited for that. Very fun conversation. And past that, uh, a another friend of the show, uh, Jessica's other best friend besides me, who's number one... Uh, Britt will be coming back. And since I'm not moving, I guess I'll be there. Unless you yeah. don't want me there and you can no. do a solo girls only episode. I don't know. Why would I not want my two best friends to fight over <laughs> who's my bestest friend? That sounds like a great time for me. So that's what we got for you in the next four weeks. Beyond that, let me remind you, um, we have a Patreon. So if you want to help us keep going and help make things a little bit easier on the back end of things, you can join our Patreon. With that comes specific perks, one of them being the occasional Zoom meeting. Typically, I think I'm going to do it either once or twice. I haven't decided the full schedule yet, but at least once a month, we will hang out as together as friends. And I have... Uh, board games online board games that we will bring out and play and oh are you talking about quiplash i'm talking about quiplash or (gasps) tko or several other ones we've got games it's fun you should join it so you can be a part of that also if we have an early episode this next couple of months there are going to be several early episodes we're talking to someone who's in new zealand we're talking Mm -hmm. to someone who's in ireland we're talking uh i think that may be the the early ones but there are several early ones and so uh, all any of those, our patrons get to watch live and comment on in the moment. So if you want to be a part of that, patreon.com slash the mad ones, um, share the show. If you found this episode interesting, if you found our episode about death or about exorcism or about any number of other topics interesting, our abortion episode with my mother in particular, people really like that. If you mm-hmm. want to share, if you think someone you know would enjoy or be moved or edified buy an episode of ours, share it with them because that's how we grow. That's how we get our watch hours up. That's how we get our subscribers up is sharing. Mm-hmm. Uh, beyond that is you could be like Jessica. You could buy one of our shirts. And when someone asks you what the mad ones is, you could say <laughs> it's a rock and roll band or, or hear me out here. You could say it's a, it's a show on YouTube and a podcast that they could listen to with a couple of people who are, 
pretty good at talking, talking to experts in a lot of different areas or people who are just have interesting stories. So buy a shirt, wearethemadones.com slash store and share this crap. I did that. I just want to let you know I did that because I was half convinced the person would tell me that they'd heard the band before. So I was I was teeing them up for something I thought would have been funny. They didn't do that, but <laughs> but beyond that, uh, I'm on Twitter at Ham Carlos because I got popped for telling uh, a certain Prime Minister of Canada, Justin Dildo, uh, to eat poo poo and pass away. Um, Ham at Ham Carlos. Jessica is still currently at Soup Canarchist. We don't know when that will change, but it probably is going to. That's what she said. We'll see. I'm busy. Things don't will happen don't rush later. her on it. Don't rush her on it. Taking my time. Um, beyond that, we do have a Bible study we do every week. And so right now we're working through Acts. We're doing two chapters at a time because we like to talk about that as well as other things. We like to talk about all sorts of things. And I'll tell you this when we get to Genesis and Revelation, it's going to be one chapter a week because I have a lot of reading to do to prep for those. And those are coming later. I need to get, I have so much reading to do because it's so much more fascinating than you realize. I'm telling you. Like I have learned things in the last year about those two books in particular that blew my mind. And so we it'll, it'll be fun. We do it every Thursday. But if you want to join us this week, send me a message on on Twitter or I mean you could email me um cam at mlganetwork.com uh, and I'll get you into the Discord or the Twitter chat where we conduct all of our business. Uh, beyond that, we're on every podcatcher. If you want to listen, just search it in a podcatcher or go to wearethemadones.com and you can listen directly from there. Uh, we, If you're listening and you'd rather see Nick's face as he as he talks about sending porno pornography to racist people, you can do that at <laughs> youtube.com slash themadones on Rockfin or at Odyssey on Odyssey. That's it. That's all I've got for you. We love you. We uh we appreciate you. Um, I'm not going to lie to you and say that we do this show for you. I mean, we do sort of, but mostly we do it for us. Um, so beyond that, we love you. And you have a chance to be a light in the world. So uh, go light it up. <laughs> <laughs>